Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and watching Paul Heyman bomb on a promo this week felt the same way as when I was told Santa Claus isn't real, that my parents were separating, and that my childhood gerbil hadn't gone to live with his family, but rather a strange tall blonde man in West Memphis, Arkansas. I'm Carl Jones, and if you or anybody you know has been affected by a Vince Russo-produced television show, we would like you to contact the Russo Recovery Hotline. The number is 1-800-NYA. That's 1-800-NEW-YORK-ASSOLE. I'm G. John Chase, and I have all my inside shooter quotes, I have a fanny pack, and I've also found Sid Scissors. Let's do this, slap nuts. And I'm Kieran O'Rourke, and I turned up late tonight, and I haven't got a intro planned, so I will just say this. Fuck you, Chuck Taylor. Fuck you, Chuck. This is the panel for episode 102 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us review the April 10th, 2000 episode of WCW Nitro. Next. Welcome to episode 102 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside G. John Chase. Carl Jones. My nuts hang so low it's difficult to slap them. And Kieran O'Rourke. It's true, I've seen them. (laughs) And we are back this week for the first ever, and we're going to see if this becomes a recurring series, gentlemen, the review, as it was dubbed by yourself, Kieran O'Rourke, on the other side of the oaken table. Uh, The concept being very simply, we're going to uh, periodically review episodes of Vince Russo written television, and uh, just give you our our honest thoughts as they come to us. We have, of course, previously discussed the great man, Vinny Roo, uh, on our most popular, most downloaded, most listened to show we've ever done, Vince Russo's Unsolved Mysteries which you can find at squaredcirclegazette.com where where we keep all of our archives Uh, of course the first show that we're going to do for our review is the April 10th 2000 episode of WCW Nitro it's the Eric Bischoff Vince Russo relaunch after uh, Russo had been kind of uh, turfed out in January Kevin Sullivan had taken over and done none too well Uh, things have been going worse and, uh, and and this was the result. This is what Brad Siegel thought was the way to go. Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff, the dream team, is back. Uh, very quick thoughts, John, before we get into the review, because I've got 14 pages of notes uh, from reviewing this show. So uh, before we get to them, very quickly, just so that the listeners have a frame of reference for what uh, what we're going to talk about here today. Your, your experience with seeing this particular episode of Vinnie Roo Television, was, that, was this the first time you'd seen it, or had you seen it before? I honestly can't remember if I've seen this before, because... If I had, I've probably erased it from my memory. Although, I don't think I'll ever forget it again. Irony upon ironies. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of did, unfortunately, because over, uh, just to fill in, over in the UK, we got uh, Worldwide, WCW Worldwide in the mid-99 on Channel 5. So we got like a highlights uh, show uh, that featured uh, a lot of Nitro oh, stuff. Oh, and what yeah. highlights? Oh, I know. And um, I remember, like, uh, you know, like, you go on the internet and find out, they say, like, oh, you know, they were, like, eight weeks behind. It's like, yeah, and the rest. We were, like, freaking months behind, you know. There was actually, I think, if I remember right, there was actually a time where um, Benoit and Eddie Guerrero actually appearing on both WCW and WWF. <laughs> That's how far behind they were. But uh, I think, uh, strangely, for some reason, maybe the, the listeners could probably uh, correct me if I am wrong. I think uh, there was roughly a time in 2000 where they just decided to forego the time delay of several months and just decided we'll just forget all these shows that we haven't shown yet and we're just going to jump straight to uh, two weeks behind I think that's this, what they did yep yep I think this was the show that they jumped to <laughs> right so so I think so it wasn't even the fact of whatever the storylines were two weeks before this show started I was, over in the UK we were like freaking months behind and then suddenly got jumped to this and I just just remember just 
it just looks so shit. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go into the obvious stuff with with Russo and and the booking and and the, and the conversations and the the promos and everything, but the show looked shit. Think so? Yeah, the the Titantron. Because that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a Titan. Nitro Vision. Yeah, they Nitro. Oh fuck off! It's. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe that at one point it was dubbed the Turnatron as well. Oh, no. <laughs> it's. It just. I just remember looking at that because even look. Was I'm not he a Transformer. Because I. I still kind of Turnitron. like in 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 my kind of like uh, watching it when I first started uh, watching WCW again. I kind of like the WCW lettering that kind of separated and oh, it's, it's not it's not as good it's not as good as oh, it's not shit, as mate. it's not as good as the original nitro um arena i prefer the original nitro arena but the bird shit logo right yeah <laughs> I, I like the nitro arena obviously a lot more better but this one i didn't mind too much particularly in comparison to what we got on this night i just remember when i first saw it just going like this looks now this looks like they're trying to copy wf and it looks low rent yeah well, well, and obviously, Carl, before we, uh, we throw to your, your history of watching this show, and I can't wait to get to your opinion, but uh, the, the, the story I read was actually quite funny. I, I did a little bit of a read about the show, and one thing that came out was the fact that the, the set, as you mentioned it, G, was not built specifically for this. It was just cobbled, it was cobbled together bits and pieces of it the old like sets. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks it. It was the video wall they used for like some random pay-per-views. It was the backdrop they'd use for nitros. It was the same set. It was actually the same stage as that shit WCW uh, the, the bird shit logo you were talking about, except they just took the letters off. <laughs> I think it's also... Um, um, when was Uncensored in 2000? March. Uh, that, that was the set they were using. There you go. It's the Uncensored set. Carl, yeah, give, it, give us your thoughts on your experiences with April 10th, 2000. I can't believe, with all the issues that relate to this show, we've just spent the better part of a minute and a half discussing the set. If the set was the worst part of the show, we should all consider ourselves very lucky. Alas, that is not the case. This will be, to the best of my recollection, it's either the third or fourth time <laughs> I have seen this episode of Nitro. Uh, once the week it aired on the, on the Friday, yeah, because it was one of those periods where we didn't have uh, the full Sky package at home. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, once, if you're listening. Yeah, once uh, after purchasing the Death of WCW, and yeah, and and uh, this week for the purposes of the show, so three three times, and I will just say I'm paraphrasing Brian Alvarez somewhat here I can't remember the exact line from the book but there was a remark to the effect of say what you want about Russo he knew how to write a first chapter I'm calling bullshit on that bullshit. right now okay well this is why we, we kind of came with this one as the person to talk about because this is by a lot of people kind of lauded as this is what Vince Russo's good at, right? The restart show. Getting, you know, getting people's interest again. Rolling the dice, throwing yeah. the Monopoly board up in the air and seeing where the hotels land. It's, 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 it's the Monopoly board up in the air. Vince Russo. Oh, <laughs> me, me, me when I lose. So you, watched, a, you watched it four times, Carl. I, I thought I just established three yeah. times. No, three times. <laughs> Second is that go. why you drink? There are many reasons I drink. <laughs> uh, that may or may not be a contributing factor. Um, but it's like the Seth Rollins and the bloody three R's, and in this case, it's reset, relaunch, regurgitate. <laughs> Very good. Let's move on now to the actual coverage of the show. We're in Denver, Colorado, for this the reset, the uh, the relaunch of, of WCW, the, the brand spanking new Pepsi Center. 
and what a way to christen it. <laughs> the dawning of a new day, says Tony Schiavone, as the WCW screen comes up. And uh, the first thing we see is, I've written down here, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> the, the very first person is Candido. That's what I've said. Yeah. Candido staring at the camera is the first thing you see on this show. Wrestlers all in the ring, half of them I, I can't identify. Ahmed Johnson is there, Virgil is there. They're the most people have ever seen surrounding Virgil, probably in his lifetime. Uh, Brian Nobbs is in the ring. For some reason, despite the fact that Ric Flair is going to be lambasted throughout this show, David Flair is in the ring. Ah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, go, it goes through that like uh, that double, uh, double, that, that famous double act of David Flair and Crowbar. Well, yeah, unfortunately, they were not to be uh, seen other than this brief appearance. Um, we got all these wrestlers in the ring to start the show. It, it's basically just a, a bunch of guys. The jobbers. The, the jobbers. Scott Steiner and the wall waltz out side by side. Um, Speaking of jobbers, the fucking wall. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Serious. <laughs> this was a guy that was getting a bit of a push uh, during the Sullivan period because he wanted to build him as a opponent for yeah. Hogan. Oh! He, he'd been appearing yeah. on, uh, on tall buildings. Yeah, oh. and he beat <laughs> and he beat uh, Bam Bam as well. I think. That's all right. Yeah, wow. he destroyed Bam Bam. Everyone beat Bam Bam during that period. That means nothing. She says, "Well, name uh, Rusev has been name dropped four times already at this point. He has. And this was two minutes into into the show as they were going around this eclectic mix of. Real. I like to use the term <laughs> rogues gallery a lot on this show, but it never felt more appropriate than than this grouping of athletes, if you can call them that. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, people. People have often talked about the the bloated roster of WCW, but the the manner of the bloat, as we'll call it, <laughs> is just you know it's it's for the most part bottom of the barrel. So there are notable exceptions, but they are few and far between. Booker T walks <laughs> out in, the, in a black suit. Was he heel or face, by the way? Uh, he's at, well, I guess he's a heel. Okay, I'll get you this. He was actually a baby face, if you judge from like the weeks prior. I thought I so. Thought. He got a pop. I just yeah, it took very quickly talking about the, the fat of this roster. If if WCW was a lady, she's got curves in all the wrong places. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'd appreciate if you don't use the term athlete when Lenny and Lodi are in the ring. What's wrong with Lenny and Lodi? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, so the last person out of this roster is Jeff Jarrett wearing an orange shirt with no sleeves on and what looked like curry stains all over. I think it was just water from the old Seth Rollins. It was water and yeah. Uh, don't forget his, his uh, high visibility glasses. Yes. I, I think he'd been doing some... Cycling. Um, Maybe he's like, uh, what's that thing that... that the, cricket. The, the, the Dutch football, what's the guy's Edgar name? Edgar Davids. Yeah, Edgar Davids. actually. Yeah, but Davids had a strap on it, his natural glaucoma, allegedly. These, what Jarrett was wearing, are just... A fashion statement. Of sorts. <laughs> well, let's just see how, uh, how how clear the vision really is here, because it's it's made clear that Vince Russo is the individual that's called this meeting. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's the one that talks. Kieran, by the way, has what fifty pages of notes on this show. I've got fifty pages of notes. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett takes the lead. He's got the microphone in the ring, and the verbiage here from Double J. Let's talk about it. I was handpicked to be WCW champion, says Jeff Jarrett. My life was in the hands of the man who had the biggest hand in turning the WWF around. I know I was there. He was there, <laughs> and we weren't. So we're unqualified to say anything about the legitimacy of our of our boy Vinny. Um, However, Liam, who got in his way? Our master plan, he says, was derailed by a bunch of good old boys who couldn't compete and weren't in his league. Uh, I got one thing to say to them, what goes around comes around. The good old boys. Mm, yeah, th there's a few names you could throw out here. I dare say, Liam, you probably know exactly who they are, but uh, th there are the, the Sullivans of Kevin this Sullivan, J.J. Dillon, Gary Juster. Are we not, are we not throwing old uh, Mike Graham in there as well? I'm not sure if he gets on the bus, but I, I like to think, well... 
Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, he says that, uh, yeah, so, so after the good old boys, whoever that is, is uh, are mentioned here, he says that Vince Russo was Vince McMahon's best kept secret and intros Russo, who gets no reaction whatsoever. Well, there's no real reaction through any of this shit because no one has a fucking clue what's being said, which is a theme we will re- revisit more times than Tony Schiavone tells us that Hulk Hogan's never acted like this before. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've, we've got a situation where you, you hear it a lot in, say, American politics these days, sort of the 1% versus the 99%. This, in sort of wrestling, is very much... That's how I feel the sh- wrestling the show, these days. The, sh- the show booked for, I'll, I'll be a bit more generous and say, the 5%. You know, even in 2000, the internet isn't what it is today... Not everyone has an insider knowledge of the business. The, the o- wider audience is not obsessed with the backstage culture of what's going on and the booking, and you know that, that it does all just for the most part of this show, as, as Kieran sort of alluded to there, and we'll, we'll get to it frequently. Most of this is over the audience's head; they don't have a clue what they're referring to, and uh, that will only become more apparent when Easy E makes his appearance. And just like when they're talking about Vinny Roo and like he, he calls him out, right? I just remember 60-year-old me just going, who the fuck is this? Exactly! Like, who the fuck yeah. is this? Because I didn't read the dirt sheets. I, don't, I barely had any fucking internet. You know, we had AOL dial-up tones for Christ's sake. Again, <laughs> porn was a bloody nightmare. So it was like, let alone find out details. I'm like, who the fuck's Vince Russo? Like, oh, you're telling me this is Vince Man's best-kept secret? It certainly is, because I don't know who the fuck this asshole is. Yes, yes, never explained what this guy does. It was alluded to as the power that be. I was, they, it they, was they'd the done that angle be. before. But, yeah, Vin, the we power. Sure yeah. yeah, the power is Vince Russo. We were told, uh, <laughs> and that uh, he told us he'd never appear on screen. Apparently, yeah, this was repeated constantly yes. throughout the show. Yes, um, he comes out to Iron Man by Black Sabbath, or a knockoff of, of Iron Man. And I wanted to bring this up because he was on WCW Live and they asked him because Iron Man used to be the Road Warriors music and they asked him why he chose that song and Russo said and I love this it's because the lyrics of the song describe me perfectly so the curious individual in me looked at the lyrics for this song and among the lyrics are has he lost his mind can he see or is he blind is he alive or dead has he thoughts within his head (laughs) nobody wants him (laughs) he just stares at the world planning his vengeance that will soon unfold (laughs) that's like art man that is I tell you what that is that's the best argument that this was all one big scam from Vince McMahon if you ever watched one that's it at this point I realise it's not a fat Shane Douglas in a hideous yellow shirt holding a belt it's Brian Knobs you are Brian Knobs I wonder who the fuck that was (laughs) I thought it was Shane Douglas <laughs> he doesn't work there. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't work there. Work we ask, obviously, where's Bischoff? Hudson's screaming, where's Bischoff? Russo says, after six years in the WWF, which is reference number three. Oh, no, it's more than that. Oh, no. I've, I've counted about five at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think I counted over. I actually had a WF counter. I, counted, I, had, I had it at 11 by the end. Oh, I gave up. It might be more. I gave up 5 2 after 5 minutes in, so. Russo said he wants to beat Vincent Kennedy McMahon at his own game. Very important. Um, he said that with win- uh, within weeks of Russo's first run, New Bud changed the game, but then the old boys network happened. And in a classic Russo phrase, the political BS took place in the back to bring Vince Russo down. <laughs> this, this, this New Blood changing the game that would have been such illustrious things as NWO 2000. Yes, indeed. And Oklahoma. Don't forget. And, yep, yep. And, he's, and he's starting to reference himself in third person. Yeah, because he's that cool. Um, 
So then he basically says that uh, things went in a new direction that he knew sucked, and I wasn't the only one that knew, because... <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, and Shane Douglas, they knew it sucked and they all left. They're gone. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> but don't worry, he says, Vince Russo is back in charge again. He turns around to give a pep talk to the New Blood guys when a voice uh, is heard over the microphone that I swear I, uh, I thought was like my subconscious speaking, maybe the good lord above, saying, are you done yet? But it was Eric Bischoff. On the microphone, lovely yeah. silver fox Eric Bischoff. Looking very, looking very suave um, and grey. Uh, yeah, false drama, false conflict. What's going to happen? Who knows? Shit's going to go down now. He's walking to the ring. Something's going to happen. Mark Madden spews the line, I've either died and gone to heaven or woken up in wrestling hell. <laughs> if I had to take a bet. <laughs> uh, just as things are getting really tense, we cut to a close-up shot of Virgil. See what he thinks. Uh, then of course he gets in the ring and Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff hug to again no reaction except for, except for Jarrett Jarrett was he very looks happy. thrilled <laughs> he looks delighted this was a master plan this is like when he struck gold with GW <laughs> <laughs> we force get your belts now uh, so anyway um, Eric Bischoff says that both he and Russo were screwed by the good old boys again we don't know who these good old boys are but we might find out he talks about making mistakes in the past like Scott Hall Kevin Nash Sting DDP and Sid um, although Sid wished he was vicious oh Ooh, what uh, a zinger what a zinger he says the biggest mistake of all was Hulk Hogan we cut to a shot now of the stars <laughs> the important people watching on a rinky dink monitor backstage um, Eric Bischoff talked about how he was blinded by Hulk Hogan and apologises to all the uh, the new blood in the ring Eric Bischoff then calls him out where are they and out they come this illustrious the first, lineup. the first of a number of like audio audible cues for like got, when the production hasn't got the other guy's music quick enough yet so it's like uh, that's where it's becoming out now I guess yeah uh, just quickly backstage it was like um, yeah so he name drops mistakes Hall, Nash, DDP, Sid and Hogan so we've got Lex who wasn't mentioned DDP was Sid and Sting are backstage. Yeah. So like Four. Sting probably shouldn't care because like he wasn't mentioned. That's cool. Uh, Lex. Lex wasn't mentioned either. So and even if he was, he probably wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously the big, the real big stars haven't turned up yet. Flair <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and Hogan nowhere to be seen. They're not there on time for the relaunch of WCW. Yeah. So, so sorry, we read that they've already come out. No, no they, they come out now. Yeah. Um, as they do come out, Bischoff gets in a few zingers on them. For once, he looked like he showed up for work. What's up, Sid? No softball game, he says. Oh, oh, oh. didn't get it. Also, if you want to know what my face was like, right when watching this show, just look at Sting. <laughs> I had that exact same look on. You my sure face. it wasn't the Bret Hart at the end? Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> oh, Kieran, no. Uh, no golf game, Lex, says Eric Bischoff. DDP, what about your seven fans at the trailer park? <laughs> that line did crack me up. Um, I just, I, I've got a note here. Is that a nasty boy? Thanks for answering that I, I, I wrote in the exact same space, Nobs is fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to write a yes, so I know. <laughs> uh, DDP tells Bischoff to step off. <laughs> and Eric Bischoff buries him in response. Uh, he says that he rebuilt Sting's career. <laughs> the best line, where were you when I was sitting at home? Yeah. <laughs> Not at your house, obviously, dickhead. <laughs> Despite having prime real estate next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> next door, probably, yeah. Oh, crying out loud. Uh, Eric Bischoff said he rebuilt Sting's career. To the casual fan, I wonder what they thought as they recalled Sting 
repeatedly pounding the, the, the members of the NWA with a baseball bat and how this rebuilt Sting's career. Uh, Eric Bischoff says he made Lex Luger a millionaire when the WWF didn't want that's him anymore. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for shitting on the Monday Night War history there, Eric Bischoff. Yeah, that, that first show in Minnesota didn't mean to fuck all that. Actually. Actually, was... and, and something that's intended as a shoot comment, which is actually just bullshit because the WWF did want him they wanted him yeah, yeah. off their own show that's what I mean dickheads <laughs> unbelievable uh, no you dumb shit Eric Bischoff says he wants a level playing field Russo then interjects and says that he decided he wants to say something personal about Ric Flair he calls him a piece of shit on the bottom of his shoe that he will personally wipe off and flush that piece of shit personally they didn't bleep shit the first time but for some reason they bleep it the second time why I'm not sure how cutting edge of Vinnie Roo. Just swearing all over the place here. A few yeah. Rick Flair. I bet Flair couldn't wait to get this feud started, by the way. And something that uh, I know we've talked about before, then, completely flies in the face of Russo's prior argument about standards and practices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where, where were standards and practices for this show, I wonder? Because, mm. Jesus. Anyway, I, I, I've, uh, I've got sign watch throughout this show. I found a sign in the crown that at this point says, Ric Flair, make me a sandwich, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Russo then proclaims that all the world titles are going uh, to be stripped tonight. In the middle of this uh, wonderful apathy, we get a Goldberg chant. Mm. I was conflicted when I, when I watched this. Um, in what, the turn off of... Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. you no, I, was, I was conflicted because... Should I self-harm with a razor? <laughs> yeah, I... I <clears throat> Pills or toaster in the bathtub? <laughs> Watching it at the time, I just knew that this was a ridiculous premise, like just to strip everybody of the belts. Okay, so I just knew this was a bad idea. Obviously, looking at it now, this this is just like the worst fucking booking idea. I don't care how how they were going like, to scrap everything and stop in the beginning. Just stripping you people of the belts and then having these dumb fucks willingly hand the belts over, right? Because that's the thing. He was stripping pretty much um, only. I think only one person. From the Millionaires Club actually had a belt. The rest, Sid, yeah. yeah, Sid. The rest were actually part of the New Bloods, who was stripping his own guys, his own boys, who was trying to protect of their titles. That was the first bit of conflict. Then the other part of the conflict was, yeah, but it's only Sid's knobs and the Harris brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. take it off them. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what a fucking. Yeah. I'm not going to miss those fucking champions. So but, yeah, all it, for it. But it does just tend to show the sort of the liberal use of the word new blood when it comes to WCW and Russo when we're talking oh, about knobs. we're talking about knobs <laughs> Jarrett Finley in the ring who can't wrestle <laughs> the Harris brothers you know who also can't wrestle for different reasons <laughs> you know sweet Jesus they, they, these aren't exactly what you'd call fresh acts are they mm. and despite the fact whilst Jeff Jarrett is carping about being sort of passed over and screwed and what have you as Scott Hudson pointed out on commentary he's the US champ by right he has a shot at the world title yeah but I'll just give that up for whatever's in the mystery box yeah Russo <laughs> is saying to me he says, um, he says trust me Jeff trust me that Jeff on this because Jeff wasn't going to give that belt up about a bit of a fight but no it took him about 10 seconds <laughs> to give him the belt yeah. luckily it was quickly established at the end of the segment that obviously Jarrett's still the US still the number one contender for the world title yeah. I mean you know we'll strip the champions but they didn't say this here no they don't say anything here so. no. <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff said he wants Sid to hand over his belt Sid dares Eric Bischoff to take it and Eric Bischoff says okay and goes and does it <laughs> come and take it uh, okay and he does, <laughs> and he does. Yeah, I mean, we, we, give we it to me or I'll fire you <laughs> we, we, we often we often decry the way um, talent in the WF have their balls cut off by 
Stephanie and Triple H in segments now. Maybe this is where they, uh, maybe this is where they learned it from. You know, they're a real precursor to cutting a, well, not even a baby face. It was a heel at the time. But I'm sorry, this is a reset. So now he's a baby face. Oh, I'm not sure. But, no, uh, no one. I knew the faces then, or heels, or I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of up in the air because because yeah, okay. yeah. nothing nothing says a level playing field like the entire roster against six people. Well, this is the first show. It's a Russo first show, so without doubt we'll find out the boundaries by the end of the show. Mm. But uh, as you say, Liam, Eric Bischoff uh, then proceeds to confront Sid Vicious, oh, and oh. Uh, I believe he's got another zinger in there. Would you like to tell us what that was? Indeed, he threatens to make him unemployed, and when Sid's there standing there looking at him and looking at the fans like whether he should punch him, Eric Bischoff says, What's the matter, Sid? Can't find your scissors! Whoa! <laughs> so it's Mark Madden. <laughs> Actually, I preferred Scott Hudson's answer, which was, Ugh! <laughs> 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 Eric Bischoff then repeats the line, <laughs> To a similarly non-fussed reaction from the audience. <laughs> Sid struggles internally, hands over the belt, another, go- <laughs> another Goldberg chant reveals to the arena, and we go to break. Oh, no, 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 no. Before we get to break, Bischoff says, See you on the 16th, Sid, when the real champ wears this belt. 16th is six days away, it's Sunday, it's the pay-per-view. There is no explanation on what the match is. Is, is Sting going to be in that... Uh, sorry, is he going to be in that title match at the uh, pay per Sunday? I would assume so from that comment. Well, but we don't know because nothing was, you know. This 20 minute segment when uh, so much good stuff went down, so much important stuff went down, yeah. but no direction to the, for the company. I mean, the important. Uh, this is why I question did this segment go too long and they cut it off at, at, at the break? Because it seems like the crux of, you know, where we're going forward, who's Spring in stampede, direction. The tournament. Yeah. I, I think you're giving them too much credit there in suggesting that they had that mapped out I don't want to give them that much credit for even having the notion of the bullet points they wanted to hit but yeah it would have been nice if you think okay so the, the pay-per-view in six days right so now they're going to explain to us what's happening next no we're going to break and then we come back oh by the way there's tournaments everybody what <laughs> maybe, maybe this would have been something worth mentioning at the point where you stripped everyone off of the belts you know, coming from the authority figures rather than just having Ski of Own mention it in passing. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about this commentary team of Shivani, Madden, oh, and Hudson. Get the fuck. <laughs> I, 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 I just got to first before we just go to the commentary. I just got to say, um, watching this back, I did start to kind of mildly enjoy myself during the bit with Sid, just because, um, like, look, no one needs to help Sid out to make him look like an idiot, okay? <laughs> Or the R word I can't mention, right? Because he is one, okay, and and no one can deny that, okay. R word Sid, yeah. So like, so so like, it's not hard for him to just make him make him look make himself look like an idiot. But I was just enjoying this moment of just Bischoff, just like you know, just Sid calling him out, and then Bischoff just no selling, going, "All right," you know, with a massive grin on his face, going, "I've been beat up before. I will heal, but you will be fired." You know, and just looking at Sid's face as he's just, as he, and Sid's just giving this look on his face like he's just been told they're still alive. You know, it's just like that sort of situation. And it's just, I just laugh as he's just looking around at the crowd and they're all like begging for him just to knock Bishop on his ass and he just hands the belt over and I just laugh him because I'm just like, bye Sid. I like, yeah, we come back from adverts, uh, and they're doing their recaps, which they love to do. And Mark Madden declares, I like these new bosses. To which Hudson replies, "We have no champions." <laughs> End of conversation. I at least feel that there are points throughout this show where where Hudson sort of sees the wider picture that everyone else doesn't. Like, 
ugh, to the SID line and we've got no one's got a belt. <laughs> this this isn't in the manual for wrestling. <laughs> Page one, champions. It doesn't it doesn't have question marks next to it. <laughs> the announcers talk about how this is a new day, and of course with the new blood being such a priority, the first thing they ask is, what will Hogan and Flair say? Hogan walks in at this time uh, with a bag over. <laughs> He's his... just rocked up. He's just arrived. His, his great shit attitude still intact. Uh, Hogan, we go to some kind of break or something. Hogan is then hanging out backstage with Sting, and they're shooting Those the sh- buddies. <laughs> they're, 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 they're pals from the past. past. Yeah, yeah, but they're so chilled and laid back at this point now. You know, you know, Hogan just saunters in with his white shirt and his they... big white trainers, looking cool. Oh my god! They'd oh. all just taken somers, hadn't they? <laughs> That's what it was. I, I think well, like a proper lady. Sting was probably on. Some <laughs> Something a bit more, um, a little more funky, because he was he was in a very cheerful mood. He was. He, he, he was very. Uh, he was very chipper. Hogan's hanging out with Sting, and then and Sting he tells him he basically stooges off Eric Bischoff to Hogan and says, "I'm not ribbing you." <laughs> yeah. To which Hogan replies, "I'm not you, ribbing you either, brother." We've missed a couple of things here from the announcers. Two key announcements uh, from the announcers. Yeah. First announcement one was first was if I'm reading this right. There'll be a new champion at Spring Stampede. Is this because they haven't actually <laughs> announced anything about? That's it. Yeah, nothing was announced. So it's just the the, the announcement. Twenty minutes didn't announce. Twenty minutes, thing. yeah, didn't announce a thing. And uh, just during those announcements, uh, yeah, Mark Madden's mouth is just agape. Ah, <laughs> uh, about five minutes. You just can't believe it. Yeah, shock. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, shit. Yeah, and Sting's actual line was Bischoff's on ya. Oh. Apparently during the break, Eric Bischoff said it would be a four-man tournament with four stars, with the winner getting Jeff Jarrett at Spring Stampede for the championship. Scott Hudson, this week tournament, still some logic saying, well, Jarrett's the number one contender, you see, because he was US champion. Mm. Then only Sid mm. is not the number one contender, having been the champion, <laughs> but I guess it's the whole new blood thing. So I, I also like the fact, because I, I don't know whether they actually fully announced what, what the two matches are, but they're going to they're go with, um, what is it, Sid and Sting and Luger and... DDP, right? No, so, so if I, if I recall rightly, you don't find out who the four people are until the matches are about to start. Entrances are being made. Okay, that's fine. Point's still being made. Then you'd want to plug the matches to try and get people to stay yeah. with the show. Yeah, the point's still being made of the fact that they're turning around, making it all about the new blood, right? Yet the four other contenders vying for the spot against Jeff Jarrett are all part of the Millionaires Club that apparently have been holding them all back for the last like several months or years or whatever so it's not like Jarrett and then they're going to get the rest of the new blood to fight amongst themselves to find out who gets in there no it's just going to be like oh these four people that we just bashed yeah no we're still going to let them go for the title belts <laughs> the world title no less yeah the world title oh, they're still viable for it <laughs> I don't know um, DDP is out for the first match on the show they kill his music and pyro off Bangless before he even gets to the ring. What did you say? Bangless. Bangless. Ah, oh, very unfortunate. Um, another sign in the crowd here I spotted. Harris bros lick Jared's nutsack. Factual. <laughs> Lex Luger comes out and they also kill his music. Ah, oh, which got it. To which, to which Mark Madden says... <laughs> to which Mark Madden says, if he can't pose, he'll quit. Oh, the, no, mine was just. I can't, I can't do the direct uh, crowd. I didn't write it down, but they talk about the entrance saying he can't do his entrance, yeah. and all Luger is now is his entrance. Yeah, and I just burst out laughing. The exact quote was uh, he's all about the entrance, and then uh, the other one goes, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. Brilliant burial of Luger on this show. And we say as well, even though this, despite this angle, Luger is playing heel. Yeah. Because yeah. like people are booing when he's doing the pose, and he's, he's very annoyed as he wants the pose. Suit, yeah, and in his his jump, fucking basketball jumpsuit, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um. So he is a heel. Yeah. And this is 
just bears out during the match. And, and let's not gloss over the fact that prior to the reset, both these men were heels. Yeah. So in the context oh, of the week, to, of the, if you're week to week fan, they're thinking, we normally boo both these guys, but now they're. Did he be a heel at that point? He'd been a heel throughout the, the, the turn of 2000. They may have sort of semi semi turned him the week before with the plug of ready to rumble, perhaps. But 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 by <laughs> yeah yeah. But for the most part, up until yeah, maybe just prior the, the previous week, he had been a heel. So it's not it's not as if he was going in with it in this sort of full fledged rah rah baby face type of situation. So you've got these two guys who are either both heels or one is a heel and one's very recently been a heel who are against each other here, but they're in the same sort of sort of grouping that these that Bischoff and Russo have referred to no they're not in a group first of all they're not a group they've been blindsided tonight they can't be an official group this night they're not a, they're not a group <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's not the that's not the impression you get watching it though they're telling us it's a group they, they, they're a, they are a bunch of disparate guys who Russo Bischoff and the new blood are picking on apparently when they form as a group we'll get to that in a bit <laughs> so so, so just just to clarify with these 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 all important entrances, right? So, so they decided they're just going to push the new blood, right? Mm-hmm. But then decide they're actually going to output four members of the Millionaires Club, this is this esteemed group, uh, group. In, into uh, <laughs> in, into this into this uh, bullshit tournament to try to go with Jeff Jarrett, right? So they then decide, right? Okay, to continue these zingers, right? That Vince Russo's been writing on the toilet all week. They decide we're going to cut their music <laughs> off, right? We're going to cut their music off as they're making their entrances. So they do it both to DDP and Luger. It'll be an interesting thing to see if this continues throughout the night. <laughs> these people are nothing if not consistent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. At I'm... this point, we would remiss to quote, "What's going to happen next?" Well, this is the thing, you see. I've written down here, Lex Luger looks like shit. <laughs> oh, man, you look he's, so boy-blooded. He's, he's got that amazing, like, he's got that amazing thing, that amazing combination of looking like he's in, in great shape and looking like hell at the same time. It, the Roid gut is just... It's very much circa British Bulldog 99, isn't it? So, so, <laughs> oh, God, so, it so juiced up, it's difficult to oh. move. He get, he's, they put, you know he can't wipe his own ass. His arms are so tight he can't do anything. Well, he had Liz. He gets the spot. He gets this little spotlight on him, but then they turn that off as well. Yeah, that's the thing. They're all like, he still does the fucking pose anyway. Yeah, yeah. Tony Schiavone at this point says, "So many things happened. <laughs> so many that, incredible things. So many incredible things happened in that first segment. It's hard to pick out which one was most incredible." <laughs> <laughs> most incredible. Uh, this is, of course, match number one in the tournament. Lex Luger, Diamond Dallas Page. We get a low blow early. Um, uh, they're talking, they're just on commentary, they just talk about Bischoff and Hogan all the time. Eric Bischoff rode Hogan's coattails to the top back when we were riding high a couple of years ago. <laughs> because, not because we want to just emphasize the point that we're currently in the crapper. Yes. Yeah. Three minutes in, Buff Bagwell's music hits, and he comes out with no shirt on. He gets his full music in pyro because he's young. He's a young boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How long has he been with the company again? Uh, since '92. There we go. Don <laughs> um, Dallas Page is a low blow on Lex. Uh, Buff Bagwell comes uh, down to the ringside area and hits on Kim. She turns him down, so he goes over and hits on Liz. Um, Usual Saturday night for him. <laughs> a bunch of shit happens. A diamond cutter for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, first of all, Luger low blow DDP first, yes. then he returned the five. So how one both can of assume, them very likable guys. Yeah, very likable guys. How one can assume they're somehow affiliated when they're low blowing each other boggles my mind. Um, 
yeah, Lex, the triple backbreaker, when Lex is gas after two, <laughs> takes a good, <laughs> and then he goes and delivers the third majestically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they play DDP's music when he wins, but then they cut it off. And uh, yeah. So still sticking with that gimmick. Yep, yep, sticking with the gimmick. Let's see if they do. We cut backstage, no time to think. Hulk Hogan is looking for Eric Bischoff. This segment goes literally two seconds. <laughs> What's going to happen next? It's only segment two! <laughs> <laughs> we move then to Kurt Hennig running up to Vince Russo. They mention their history together, because obviously back back in late 99, when uh, he was doing the powers that be as the man behind the curtain, you didn't actually really see uh, Russo's face. Kurt Hennig was his kind of uh, goon stooge lackey. That uh, was, you know, would kind of carry out odd jobs for uh, for Russo. Yeah, Mr. P wearing a very, very sexy sleeveless turtleneck. <laughs> That's a look that needs to come back in 2016. <laughs> you know, if anyone can carry that off, it's going to be Henning. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, obviously after they mentioned the history together, Russo uh, says he's going to throw Henning a bone if he can beat Jeff Jarrett tonight. He will take Jarrett's place in the main event for the world title at Spring Stampede. So high stakes later on. Kurt Henning, yeah. Jeff Jarrett, new blood. Yeah. <laughs> Cut two. Hogan. Hogan is, is again looking for Eric Bischoff. Another five second segment. Nothing happens. Tank Abbott comes out. Despite the fact that he looks terrible. <laughs> Despite the fact that he calls out Goldberg, which elicits another Goldberg chant for the man who's not appearing tonight and we won't see for several weeks. Yeah, he was actually there live in the building. And he did a dark match thing, so I guess the fans went completely unsatisfied. To give so, them a, a mark so, 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 of all the clusterfucks that happen on this night, all this shit thrown at the wall. The one thing they didn't use was the one person that people in the arena wanted to see. That's right. I'm really surprised. No, I'm not surprised, but I just feel it, it you know, it bears being pointed out and emphasised. When you say it was a dark match, was it the, the, the dark match main event you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, okay. So well, you, well, you so, didn't actually have a match with him first until all the shit started. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like so, Milo cheering. So, despite all that, this to me is the one good segment on the show. And, why and, it's, and it's the one good segment for one reason he beats the shit out yeah. of Mark Madden <laughs> the, the, despite the fact that I've seen this show more than once the the amount of giggling I did <laughs> in the last couple of days at the sight of him slapping Mark Madden across the face <laughs> it was it really was a joyous sight to behold I, I just I just I just just remember seeing this and just like Abbott just like looking like he can't even fight his way out of the shorts he's wearing he, he just looks like so as you said like so unfit out of shape I don't think he ever was in his life and and just the, the notion of him calling out Goldberg and it's not like it, it you know what it, it's 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 it was not the best promo but it certainly also wasn't the worst that night that we heard but like, um, I think it's pretty bad. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad, but it wasn't the worst. But it's just, I can't wait for you to point out the worst when yeah, you get right, to it. Give, give it, give oh, it time. actually, yeah, good point. Yeah, give it time. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just just when he, when he goes out, and he goes. It, I, just, I just I don't know why. What made me giggle when he turns around and he he's threatening him. He says like, I will continue to harm innocent people. He just kept saying that phrase, innocent. Yeah. He doesn't care. Oh, he doesn't oh, care. It is. The he doesn't care. It's Mother Teresa. Yeah, and just the innocence. Mm. I'm going to beat up the innocence. It just made me laugh. And then, as, as you said, I, I got a, a whole lot of pleasure of watching him bitch slap uh, Madden. Uh, <laughs> thing, the pleasure did stop uh, when he ripped his shirt off. Oh no, that was the best bit because then 
Shivani goes, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and doesn't, doesn't like uh, Albert like slap his belly as well? Yeah, in the most, belly. in the biggest point essence of this show, of the pot calling the kettle we black. Can, he took out his belly. He took out the only person who was fatter than him. <laughs> I did like, uh, I, I did like the person in front of the buffet line. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's calling that Goldberg, and I think it's uh, Madden goes, is he calling that Goldberg? That's exactly what he's doing. Thank you for that one. Um, <laughs> I'm not a candy ass wrestler, he says. I'm a shoot fighter. I don't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch, which I'm glad he told us because I couldn't tell that myself. You got a cheer from the crowd. But I can kick your ass. I came for Goldberg, blah, blah, blah. Mark Madden gets beaten up. It's great. Um, Tank is on. This is great. Mark Tank's on top of him in a mount, trying to rain down the punches, and his knees can't touch the floor because Madden's so fat. <laughs> Such a fantastic visual. But, but also something like like he's, he's like trying to like tee off on him, whatever. And then literally, as soon as the security arrive, the security don't have to like grab him and throw him off Madden and do this whole like pull apart like whoa 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 like this is crazy this is crazy like calm down calm down literally the the, the security grab in one of them just lightly touches his arm and Albert just gets up and leaves. Mm. So yeah, what an animal. Look, look <laughs> forget all that. The important thing is Ishmael finally got the whale. <laughs> <laughs> We're backstage and Jeff, Jarrett and Russo are arguing. Um, Jarrett's very unhappy and Russo comes out with, Do I look like J.J. Dillon to you? Oh, didn't get it. No, <laughs> I, I wrote, what? <laughs> uh, we then I, st- I don't think I still get it, to be honest. Um, Kibben and Tori are backstage. Uh, oh, Ki- yeah. Ki- Kibben's walking towards the ring and Tori just says, Do you want to do this? Could be anything. <laughs> we cut the break. But we'll find out next. Tori say that? Goes to Nitro. Yes. Hulk Hogan is around looking backstage, bumps into Terry Taylor, asking if he's seen Bischoff, they go to break. We're back with Hogan after the break, he bumps into Eric Bischoff. Uh, Eric Bischoff and Hogan uh, have a chat. Bischoff does call him Wood. Does he? Yes. No way! He calls him Wood. What calls the him? Woodster! The Wood! The door closes with both men inside, we can only imagine what happened there. He does do a little shifty eye look as he's closing the door behind him. Bischoff well, Hogan. Yeah. Bischoff. This isn't for the com- consumption Hogan's of everyone else, you see. Mmm, I see, we're not supposed to see this. No. Billy Kidman is out, uh, with a the very fashionable chic 2000 look of the backwards baseball cap and earrings get the promo from Kidman saying me and the new blood were held down by egomaniacs <laughs> holding uh, onto their fading careers he insults Hulk Hogan go on Kieran I can see you listen you can't wait <laughs> to say quote for this one I've been I've been used and abused and told to keep my mouth shut and then I put dot 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 and swallow <laughs> <laughs> uh, he insults Hulk Hogan for weeks you've bad mouthed me about size <laughs> <laughs> I, I have two things that you will never have heart and talent in which Tony Schiavone goes oh <laughs> it's funny has he because I don't recall Hogan doing that on TV at any point no no anyone else it must be backstage Carl because Hogan confirms it so it must be true he does alright ah, again okay. we don't know just let's, let's see where it goes Carl come okay, on all right, okay alright okay a couple of great zingers from Kibben here actually the only way you get that grotesque orange tan is by being in the spotlight too long in which case, that's a pretty good line. Good actually. line. It's in good which line. case, Scott Hudson then goes, "Checkmate." <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad he's there. <laughs> I'm kind of glad Hudson's there. At least there's some comedic value. Yeah. It, it, it got better with, Mad, with Mark but Madden it's, gone but and Hudson around. It, it's it's. But as Bobby, passable. but as Bobby Heenan once said, "G, whose side is he on?" Is he is he a babyface announcer? And why is he, why is he saying checkmate to Kidman zingers? I, I don't know. He's Kidman a heel. Or is Kidman a face? Well, he's clearly he's he's, he's, he's burying Hogan, so he's clearly a heel. Yeah, he's a heel. But he's been a he's been a babyface pretty much every week up till now. 
From yeah. the time he'd left the flock up to that week, he'd yeah. been a baby yeah, face. But, but guys, but Vince Russo's already explained this stuff to you, right? Because remember, Luger and DDP were heels, but now they're baby faces. Come on, this is obvious stuff. He's written it all out for you. It's easy to follow. God damn. Jesus. Billy Kidman then says, "You said that I can't draw flies. You may be right, but a star. But who would know more about that self promotion right there? But obviously, confidence there, Kidman. But it's obviously all building to who would know more about drawing flies than a pile of shit like you, which is another cracking line from Kidman. Uh, he calls out Hogan, written down, not delivered. Yes, yes. Um, Hogan comes out of the office at the same time and walks past the TV and happens to see this promo." Uh, Kid, this is amazing. No, I figured it all out. I figured it all out on, on second viewing because he doesn't hear any of this promo, Hogan, because he's just walking around, you know. Well, he's talking to Bischoff backstage, isn't he? At the yeah. Time. So the, when Hogan finds the monitor, the only thing he hears, let's see if your balls are as big as your bald spot. Ah. So he thought Hogan assumed, and this is this bears out later on, that Kidman have a, had a sex tape of him and he was going to air it on the <laughs> Titantron, Tenatron thing. Just to throw in that, uh, you know, the old pearl of wisdom from Scott Hudson. <laughs> He obviously didn't get the memo. Right. Oh. Right. Which, which, you know, because everybody knows that you can't cut a promo on Hogan's bald spot. I completely missed that. Apparently. Oh, dude, I didn't miss that. I was crying. <laughs> I got, I'm, 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 I, 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 I secretly got, I secretly got love him. I still remember World, all right, sorry, I still remember Worldwide, okay, with him and, and uh, Larry Zabisco, right? So I still got kind of like, uh, they, they carried me through some bad segments, those two, right? <laughs> it wasn't the best commentary in the world, but there's certainly some entertainment. But I've got to admit, that that for me was the line of the night. I don't know why. I just I just killed over laughing. Like I probably at the time when I watched it, I probably did, I obviously got the ball part, but I didn't get like the memo part of the game. Yeah. Just when I heard it, I wasn't expecting. He goes, "Oh, he must have <laughs> He didn't get the memo." I just burst out laughing. I thought that was the funniest fucking shit on the show. <laughs> I thought I thought I don't know. Like ever, Madden's fucking awful. Obviously, Shivani's like phoning it in. But Hudson's still bad. But he's trying. <laughs> I sense he's trying. He is actually kind of funny on this show. There's some, there's some decent lines. They're stupid, but he's making me laugh. So he's helping me here. Scott Hudson then says, We saw this coming months ago. Did we? <laughs> Apparently someone was, was that during the Filthy Animals versus Revolution stage? Because I don't remember... Uh, Maybe this goes back around. to those backstage prom- things that Hogan said about Kidman, apparently. That none of oh, us yeah, are in of course. On. Yeah, it was, it was on some, I think it might be on Bubba the Love Sponge's radio show. I can't oh, remember. Oh, yes, yes. Hogan gets silly, the, silly me for not remembering that. Hogan comes out and gets the full musical introduction. Oh, wait, so they haven't cut off the music? They then? didn't cut off his music. They, they, actually, cut they actually queued it up for him. Yeah, but he's just had. Bischoff's had him in the office, so he's, Bischoff's working. So he's Bischoff. trying to sort If he'd cut off his music, he would have. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. But what, what was that cue that you just dropped on us? That was it. I'm not going to do No, Bischoff's oh. just not get. Logic bomb, be the f- no. I was motherfucker, but I thought that. And of course, it, it's just convenient and a wonderful sense of timing that, uh, despite the fact that they weren't expecting Hogan to walk out, because he he only happens to walk out because of what he catches on the end of that uh, that speech on the monitor, it's nice that the music's queued up and ready to go. Scott Hudson then says, "We saw what Hogan said on the internet." Did we? And I'm still waiting for the dial-up. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> My mother wouldn't hang up the phone. <laughs> Hulk Hogan uh, walks out looking like a granddad in trainers. Uh, I heard you crying. What am I going to get the break? When am I going to get the push? <laughs> Says Hogan. About Kyo quoting Billy Kidman. Hogan then, in strong words, calls him P-Whipped. Oh, P-Whipped. Oh. This is the final straw. Kidman attacks and knocks down and beats up Hulk Hogan. Shit's on. That was quite good. 
Kidman uh, then jumps off the apron into the barricade and Hulk proceeds to beat the fuck out of him. Billy Kidman <laughs> looks like a teenager getting beaten up by his dad. And the commentators do do, in that, do uh, spell out and explain to us that Hulk Hogan is indeed bigger and better than Billy Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that ambiguity was cleared up. Hogan then... Uh, well, Hogan's never been like this before. He's never been like this before. We've never seen right. him like this before. Hogan talks shit on the mic while he's beating up Billy Kidman. Eric Bischoff then comes out with a chair... Laughing and guffawing, and then Scott Hudson says, "The whole hug with Russo was a work. They're back together." This is a la- this is a layered onion. This is. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what my eyes were watering yes, throughout the show? I was trying to peel it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bischoff then shockingly swills his hips and hits Hulk Hogan. This, oh, a, swerve. Swerve. this swerve. a swerve. A swerve. Oh wow! As Matt Stryker would say. Um, Never mind the fact that it looks preposterous and there's no logic because and he barely hits it. He sees him. Yeah, first of all, he sees him coming in. So uh, yeah, but it's okay because you know thumbs up and whatever. So he turns his back to Bischoff to pick up Kidman, punches Kidman to knock him down. But obviously, this is they're setting up for the chair shot. Then Hogan just turns back to Bischoff for the chair shot. So there's no logic to this. Like what was going to happen? What was what was Hogan thinking? Bischoff was doing with the chair in his hand because hey, he's brother. Because he's not. He's not Kidman on his ass. And then Jesus Christ, this blade job. Is the most blatant blade job in the history of blade jobs. It, it is, it is. But just before we get to the blade job, it, it's that notion of in, in sort of your, your typical sort of booking mindset of, hold on, Hogan's the baby face beating up Kidman, who was a baby face, and Hogan's going to show just how much of a good guy he is really now by, in theory, holding Kidman so that the heel Bischoff can hit him with a chair. Well, you see, it was, it was all work before, so he's actually baby, this was actually a baby face. You see, okay, so it's so it's two baby faces yeah. beating up another baby face. In theory, in he's theory. actually smaller than Eric Bischoff. Who's who's, <laughs> who's 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 smaller than the t- the two of them? Yeah, and if he has turned heel, at no point have they really been uh, explicit about that because no one's explaining anything. No, no. Okay, Kidman Kidman uh, <laughs> covers. Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff counts the pin. And the announcers count along and sell it like a proper victory. Like yeah. he's won the belt at Mania. <laughs> <laughs> but, however, just in case there was any ambiguity about what the, re- what's, uh, what the big issue here is, Tony Schiavone utters the line, Eric Bischoff is the real story here. <laughs> <laughs> there's, your, yeah, there's your next big superstar, Billy Kidman, everyone. I just there's just uh, two things I always kind of like re- remember from um, from this whole time period the, the new blood rising right so just expanding on on this show as well the two things I always remember yeah I remember I remember the stripping of the tiles and just the ridiculous nature of that the one thing I always remember like you know um, uh, word recognition or something like that say the first thing that comes to mind when you think of when when we say uh, you know new blood and I always think shit of the, yeah like, yeah shit shit's the first thing <laughs> but mine's mine's just Kidman versus Hogan right because this feud epitomizes like how bad this entire angle was and the, the little was it two three months it lasted for I, I don't know fucking long years um that it lasted for this was the just company th- didn't have years <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this this was just this was just absolutely atrocious because it's like but bear in mind I, I liked Kidman okay I really liked Kidman like he was one of the eight that I actually kind of watched the show for like I generally found so but at no point did I actually think he was world championship material or main event material. I thought, like, maybe, you know, United States, solid push United States. I, think, I thought the kid had, like, talent. He couldn't speak for shit. Give him the TV title. You love it so much. I know. Well, they, Duggan hasn't given it up yet, so we've got to hold on upon the act before we start pushing that. But, um, but... Always grinding the acts, aren't you? Yeah, I know. You just hate that TV title. You, you already said you were okay with it when Arn had it. Come on. <laughs> just, just 
You can always give it back to Arn. <laughs> It'd be just as useful. But it's I, I just I just remember watching this and whilst I liked Billy Kidman, one Kidman as a heel against Hogan did not work. And just I I couldn't imagine two more uh, wrong people diametrically opposed yeah, yeah to go into a feud outside of just having like you know Shark versus fucking Van Hammer right we're just, just two random like, <laughs> like losers we're talking about if we're talking about choose any two guys that actually had some sort of potential to them right had, actually had something about them these are the last two names I'd put together ever I think I'd, I'd rather probably see Rey Mysterio versus Hogan before this it's just like there's just something about this feud where it felt so fucking odd in the middle of everything else that was happening that we're going to talk about later and what we've already seen this feud just came across as so weird and awkward and it certainly didn't help Hogan out and it didn't help out freaking Kidman yeah we come, yeah. we come back from the adverts we get two replays of the blade slow job. motion really slow and you can I mean and you can it's fucking clear it's, as day it's clear as day the first time in yeah. full speed but on these replays it's unbelievably clear <laughs> just for a contrast is this Corporal Kirshner bad this I think this is actually worse worse this is one of the worst I've, I've, ne- I've never seen one this obvious from multiple angles slow mo with him turning around because the, the, the t- turning into it yeah, and blading the most but, but maybe that was deliberate it's all part of the shoot Huh? We're revealing everything, so you know. Maybe they don't. They don't. You know. Yeah. You know, this fans thing about work and everything. You know. All the fans know that really they blade. So let's show it. How much? How much more cutting edge can we be? <laughs> and then we get a replay of the pin, which wasn't a match. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the important part. But remember, Kieran, Eric Bischoff is the story. Uh, a limo arrives. Ric Flair is here. I couldn't have been more jealous that he got to miss the first half an hour of this show. Yeah, so watch it later. Though. Hulk Hogan is bleeding on his shirt, going nuts backstage. Kidman, goddammit! You son of a bitch! Son of you a son bitch. of a bitch, Kidman! Yeah. <laughs> then the furniture gets it. Yeah, the furniture gets it. Uh, which, although one of my favourite moments, the boom mic falls into the shot. Just, just, how much? How much walking in the corridors has Hogan done at this point throughout the show? Are we? We're half an hour in. Eight miles so far. We're, 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 this what? is the hardest he's worked in years. We're what? Half an hour, 40 minutes into the show yeah. at this point? And we've already had, what, four or five different clips of Hogan just walking <laughs> backstage? He's, he's literally done about two laps at a steady pace, and now he's, <laughs> now he's real. Now he's Marvin. Now he's, he's got his working crazy. boots on tonight. Oh, yeah. but you, you, No, you missed the best bit. This is the one I remember. Though. I, think, I think it's the first one. He's, he's going mental, so he's throwing stuff all around. I swear to God, if you watch that back again, he, he there's a box. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention the box. There's a box on top of like a filing cabinet or something. It's stacked on top of something. And he's throwing everything around. And he goes to push the box off, right? And the box doesn't move. It doesn't sell. It doesn't move. It doesn't sell for him. It must, I don't know what's fucking in it. It might be Billy Kidman. But it's just like nothing's in the box and it doesn't move. And you just see him just go, like he just doesn't. Just moves away and just goes, just carries on as <laughs> way. He just like tries to nudge this box. It doesn't move and just goes, forget it, and carries on just throwing everything else around. Oh, oh, and yeah. I just, I just, I just burst out laughing. There's another moment I just found absolutely hilarious. <laughs> the box didn't put Hogan over. <laughs> Ric Flair is then seen watching a uh, a monitor backstage, which is supposedly um, Eric Bischoff and, and Russo burying him in the opening segments. But the monitor has a still frame shot on it while we can hear the audio. As <laughs> Ric Flair is staring at this in disbelief. He's just staring. He's just staring. He's not angry. Uh, the Eric Bischoff uh, segment then shows up. Ric Flair comes out wearing a very chic leather jacket. 
just beautiful hair. I can't believe the, the absolute devolution of Ric Flair's hair in the uh, in the five following years. It's a real real tragedy. Um, he then does a promo. Russo, you grew up watching me. Uh, he kisses John Elway's ass for some cheap eats since in Denver. Um, this is the only sport where you get your ass kicked for being old. He says that I didn't get old. I got great. He then questions whether uh, Vince Russo has ever won a jock in his life. Inquiring minds want to know, I suppose. <laughs> At least Emmett Bischoff had the guts to walk up to Vicious, he mentioned. So at least somebody's acknowledging that it was a bit of a ridiculous moment. He then calls out Vince Russo, but he gets Scott Steiner. We oh. immediately hear Scott Hudson yell, Remember what happened in February? No. <laughs> Do you know why? Because no one was watching the fucking show. Because they weren't watching the WWF. Because they were all watching the WWF. That's what Stone Cold. You and your old bastard friends got fired. Where Benoit... Guerrero, <laughs> Malenko, and Sad all went to that they referenced earlier. So no one was watching I in February, so no no one knows what's going on, particularly in the context of the fact that Steiner was suspended for those remarks because it wasn't part of a storyline, so they quietly ditched it for but two that's months. That's why Russo loved it. Wasn't his storyline yes. that he was I, going against? But the important thing is, we've now got goofy teeth Scott Steiner with every other word being bastard yeah I love it I, I, I didn't even know this is, any of that because I saw the microphone this is gritty <laughs> I got scared this is real and you know it's real when they swear a lot yeah. Ric Flair you bastard is the first thing he says you're boring me to death I wrote down unintelligible verbiage <laughs> it's a shame Madden wasn't out there because he and then he puts the fat. teeth in <laughs> you fatty you fucking fatty <laughs> I thought I got uh, Steiner competes with Flair for the least audible promo yeah this is this is. Your te- he mentions that he's, uh, you must have listened to my previous words because your teeth have been bleached but they're still crooked as hell it's not even you, it took about three tries to make out that sentence you and your old bastard friends trying to get me fired he says if you look at the WWF ding <laughs> All their champions right now, with one exception, came from here because you and your old bastard friends ran them off so that you could be a 14-time champion and says that that don't mean shit to me. Uh, Scott Steiner says he can't bring Rick to his level physically or mentally, so he'll lower himself and puts in the uh, the dentures and makes himself look like a horse. Uh, he tries to continue his promo, but he can't talk. He can't actually get the words out. And then all of a sudden... It's Brian Nobbs. Wait, no, it's not. It's Shane Douglas from behind. Uh, wearing a short right out of Jerry Lawler's wardrobe, I've written down here, and uh, hits him with brass knuckle security, pull him off, while Scott Steiner continues to do his promo over the top, screaming, It don't mean shit to me! Uh, of course, we hear the announcers scream out how Shane Douglas doesn't work here. So, uh, no, he works at Target. On- <laughs> everyone's thoughts on the return of the franchise. I didn't miss the French fries. No? Didn't want him to come back wasn't happy he was back <laughs> was even less happy at his idea of what classes as a snazzy shirt <laughs> it makes front wall special <laughs> it makes Jeff Jarrett look like a fucking model in comparison it's a shame they, it, they, it's a shame he couldn't say cut the fucking music because they weren't playing his <laughs> well, music well. because he doesn't work there does he so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's a shame so he didn't get that infamous line because that's pretty much his his entire gimmick <laughs> is that one line and just saying fuck and ha 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 I don't get that <laughs> There you go. Nash arrives yeah, on, on, crutches. <laughs> on crutches and a bum bag. Oh, yeah, but come on. Nash looked glorious in this, on this show. You think so? Oh, his hair was phenomenal. His hair, oh, his hair yeah. was awesome. He's like ha- a lion. <laughs> uh, we get a 10 second shit clip of Bret Hart in the crowd. Bret Hart in the oh, dark. It's like, terrible. Like, like, it's smoke. Yeah. There's smoke in front of him. It's, it's, it's the start of WrestleMania 11 all over again. <laughs> 
But we come back from adverts, and now he's in the light. <laughs> now, yeah, now we get a good shot of Brexit because they were so unhappy with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> the quote, the quote, the quote from Shivani. We literally have a train wreck in each second. Every second, same thing now. I wrote down the same line. So we come back from commercial break and Scott Hudson says, <laughs> We know the heat between Shane Douglas and Ric Flair. It goes back many years. But it's there because they know it. Yeah. Oh, did I miss it? Was it explained to you? You don't need... It was explained to you. Explained. It was. Okay. You didn't see it. Okay. Okay. I see it. And you should just naturally know that Douglas has been cutting promos on him in ECW for years because everybody watched ECW. That's why they didn't go out of business. So, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're backstage with Ric Flair. I'm sorry, sorry. Just another quickly. <laughs> Again, this liberal used the word new blood. Shane Douglas. <laughs> Shane Douglas. First asking you to come with him Ta- in 1990. <laughs> yes, target world champion. The French fries. <laughs> Nothing remotely new about him. No. <laughs> yeah, so Flair's rampaging. Yeah, I just another, thought, another three seconds. I just three, but yeah, but I just thought, this would be fucking amazing if he's like rampaging one way. Hogan's rampaging the other. <laughs> they meet. Have you seen him, bitch? Off? Have you seen Russo? No, no, later, brother. <laughs> yeah. And off they go. Potential for magic. Like also on later on the show, maybe on Hogan's like eighth lap, we could have like, um, we could have like, like a relay. Yeah, well, we could have. <laughs> Just passes the back have you, have you seen him yet? No, I've done that. But on like his eighth lap, like I, I'd like like the shot could start with like maintenance cleaning up the mess, and then they can see <laughs> in the distance Hogan's coming back <laughs> and doing all their work. Yeah, this, this show would have could have been great. I love that idea of passing the baton because each each of the uh, the old bastards or millionaires club should have been a torch. Scott Stone or not, they're passing a torch to each other. All the while in the background, you just see all the members of the Nubler just looking on wistfully. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We're never going to get it, are we? <laughs> Come on. They won't share. Just in the background in his pyjamas. Oh, the cat, Ernest Miller. Crying out loud. I just, this is one thing, just to go back to this, this with the Shane Flair moment. Um, when he beats him down, again, just another moment just made me chuckle. It's just after he does the beat down, of Flair and the security come in they touch him just slightly on the arm and he decides to stop what he's <laughs> much doing much like Tank yeah much like Tank uh, again running theme um, there's just this great little moment like Shane goes and like so does the security they don't bother checking on Flair the camera <laughs> the camera stays on Flair just like about one second longer than it has than it really should because Flair just looks up and just has this proper look of like Fuck! Oh my God, his face. He has his proper look at like, are we done yet? He just wants he's to go. He's thinking, oh God, this has only just started. <laughs> we are backstage with the man that doesn't work here doing a wrestling interview with Gene Oakland, Shane Douglas. Yes, so I've securely not escorted him off the premises. They escorted him to the interview well, area. Well, Oakland does. Uh, well, not that he asked that question, but he does ask him what's he doing here. What though? Yeah, he's pissed off. He's pissed off. You were released. You were released. Shane Douglas does a promo. That's all I wrote. I, I had, he had nothing of value to say. <laughs> you know what he said, everybody. Cut the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Sting comes out with the one-hour mark, and we're on the second match. Welcome yeah, to uh, what, what, uh, what minute mark are we on in the show? The, the one hour mark. One hour mark, and we've had one match so far, yes. people. You think Raw Alex, today is bad? A Lex Luger match. Alex Alex Luger. As Total say. package. In the preceding 60 minutes, did Nash get the book again? <laughs> maybe, maybe actually. We say he just turned up, so. No. Scott's entirely possible by that logic. <laughs> Scott is, is, is the book actually the part that they're relaying? Is the book actually <laughs> the passing amongst them? Depends. <laughs> Scott Hudson says, as things walking out, we called it Black Monday. We lost all the talent that was going to take us into the new millennium. 
referring to the radicals. And this is what we're left with. Enjoy. Sting, of course, had all of his music. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the way to the aisle. Wait, they didn't cut it off then? No, 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 no they didn't. Funnily well, enough. It didn't last long then. It so lasted yeah. long. What's your theory then? Because uh, no, you came up with something yeah, for Hogan, no, 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 so yeah, yeah. what's going on? I don't understand the logic here. Uh, they forgot. They forgot? They forgot what their stories were. Obviously, two things this could be, logically. One was that Bischoff was in charge of telling people to cut music and see here, seeing as though he had vacated Gorilla to go to this skybox, he was no longer there to tell people to not play the music. Also, it is possible, maybe they were just fucking with the guys in the opening match to show that they could, to scare them if you will. You don't need to do every match, but we, we could if we wanted to. See, you're looking very sultry at me. <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid. Uh, Sid then comes out with full music and full pyro. Sting tries to throw him face first to the barricade. Sid doesn't want to take that, so he just drops and hits the chair yeah. on the floor. It's not. <laughs> oh, it's honestly, it's fucking ridiculous. Awkward way. Like you kind of see like Sting, like still doing the motion to send him into the barricade, but just like Sid isn't there. By the time he's finished the move, he looks down like Sid's just, just doing this lame, like you know, just slaps the freaking chair with his hand and pretends like it actually had any contact with his head whatsoever, and just like, just, yeah, just absolutely fucking awful. Sid. Gives Sting a low blow right in front of the ref. Yeah, no, he kicked. And the ref pats him, I think, on the back. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Good work, son. Is this this called like initiation? Is this how they become friends by low blowing each other? It is actually. Everyone is, is doing that how, it. To is everyone. that what fraternities yeah. are like? You just low blow people no, and, and become friends. In America, that is. But they do like hazing, don't they? Maybe this is it. There's no um no count. Well, apparently no count out as well because they were on the outside for ages to start with. Well, if he's out there patting Sid on the back, so yeah, you don't yeah. too. And then, uh, but then when they got trying to get back in the room, back in the ring, the greatest thing was Sid trying to drag Sting. Into the, into the ring by Sid jumps in the ring first rolls under and tries to like pull Sting <laughs> with him yeah. Sid who, I, who was a babyface in the, in the weeks and months preceding this the babyface world champion no, had, hadn't he recently actually turned heel has it had he because they were suggesting a programme with him and Hogan yeah I know that's where they were going but I don't because we know how wonderfully that worked in 1992 Sid screams at the fans to shut up repeatedly, hits the Sid Vicious classic chin lock, the effortless chin lock where he literally just holds the man's chin and just sits there for a bit. Um, the Walls music hits. Oh, this ref bump. Oh, it's brilliant. So the Walls music hits, he comes out, he's holding the table at the three and a half minute mark of this prestigious tournament. <laughs> yeah. Sid powers out of a cover and Sting lands on Mick Patrick. Which is the bump for the referee. The bump for the referee. He just lies there for a bit. <laughs> to be fair, when you've got this many ref bumps on a show, you've got to come up with different ways for them, uh, probably. So, the yeah. fact that they're all shit. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, Sid finally hits the power bomb, but the wall comes in and hits him with a chair. Uh, takes him outside and chokeslams Sid through a table, which gets no height whatsoever. It's a chair shot. The weakness of which Gerald Briscoe couldn't do on his worst day. <laughs> Uh, followed by Sid Vicious proving once and for all that regardless of what Woody Harrelson tells you white men can't jump <laughs> yeah after this table in security's there pretty sharpish again Doug Dillinger's on the scene to uh, oh, escort Walt to the back team. referee Tricky Nick Patrick turns around sees Sid lying through this table sees the wall has been escorted to the back by security <laughs> Shrugs your shoulders and begins the count. Fingers yeah, the same though. <laughs> but, but you can't call what you don't see, Kieran. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll, I'll give Nick Patrick the benefit of the doubt there. Because what I won't give him the benefit of the doubt for though is the laziest, <laughs> most pathetic-looking ten can I've ever seen from a referee. He can't even be asked to extend his arms in the air 
<laughs> as referees are known to do. He literally just sort of drapes his arms over the ropes, occasionally counting and showing two hands, occasionally <laughs> the one. <laughs> Before you know it, he's apparently arrived at ten. Not that anyone's entirely sure, because all you've just seen is arms <laughs> flailing. He might he might have been counting number only the numbers that said no's. And then as something that has always been the case in WCW that I've never really understood, do they point to a timekeeper at ringside? No. They point to the hard camera for the bell to ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do <laughs> No, I'm not gonna <laughs> So I, 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 yeah, no, I was just going to try and explain uh, what the reason why the ref didn't just stop the match when he saw Sid go through the table. Like, because as you said, he didn't see him go through the table. He's lying yeah, there because he didn't see anything. Ooh, all all they know, all they know, is that the wall right might have come up with a table to set up a buffet because you know he's trying to move the buffet away from Tank Abbott. Yeah. No, right? no, no. See, there's no excuse for that because Mark Madden's been taken to hospital. Yeah, so but there's but no, thought, there's no great risk to the buffet. Mark Madden's been no. taken to hospital, and, <laughs> and security have gently eased Tank Abbott out of the way. <laughs> they're, 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 well, I don't know because because they, they definitely got Mark, they got definitely Madden out of the way, but Tank is still out there. You know, he's going to Shane Douglas is he, back. He's going to hurt the innocents, right? He's going to eat the jelly babies, right? And he's well, just, Shane he's, Douglas should have been stuck in the table. Sure, he should just like you know he might have just been bringing the table out. He's going to move the buffet over. Sid saw. Him him struggling with the table because he was kind of awkwardly he was kind of kind of yeah. on his head like he he look heavy. like an indie or something like that but it was just and and so he basically went out of the ring to help him set up the table accidentally so. fell over because he has issues with his feet and and then just <laughs> fell accidentally through the table sting kind of just this his arms up because he just went well that's just unfortunate <laughs> now i guess abbott's gonna get the buffet in the end it looks like i'm gonna go out go out for a mcdonald's instead afterwards you know as, as usual wrestling shows yes. and 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 you know nick patrick just saw this thought that that was probably the most likely thing that happened and rightfully decided to continue with the match because he wanted to get back to the buffet before tank abbott uh, gets there and let's be honest the world title is at stake so yeah, we, have, we have to maintain this the, yeah, the new credibility blood. <laughs> new blood. after this is finished sting obviously wins by count out we're getting a sting ddp final for the number one contendership to go against jeff jarrett that should be good both yep. winners by outside interference yes of course yeah. yeah just keep track of that folks. we then go to a desk shot of scott hudson and tony shivani hudson's talking up the show but i wrote this down just because hudson's talking at him shivani is looking down flipping through pages and pages and pages of notes paying absolutely no attention whatsoever and tony shivani just just cuts in and says we have so many questions <laughs> We usually say what's coming next, but we don't know. Oh, and then all of a sudden, Flair's in the ring. She finds goes, Flair's in the ring. <laughs> yeah, Flair just gets in the ring to make a challenge to Douglas for later. Don't know what kind of challenge. He says he's gonna kick his ass, maybe. Yeah. You made a lifetime trying to be yeah. me. I don't. I don't know why. Don't know why. Like you know, why not now? His, his shirt's quite questionable. I'm not talking about Shane. I'm talking about Flair here. His, his t-shirt's a bit questionable. Yeah. There's a bit of saggy boobage going on here well, this, this was the unfortunate he period of old man. Um, but yeah so enraged Flair out again to call out Douglas apparently in a match but not a match I don't know we'll, well see he later work there, doesn't he, no? he doesn't work there no, he can't they can't have a match he doesn't, he doesn't work there sense. Jesus so I'll just leave him at the buffet just leave him at the buffet so we cut to Hulk Hogan throwing shit around backstage the segment lasts five he's seconds he's still walking everybody <laughs> still yeah. walking yeah. 
Oh no no is that so there was a segment he rampages yes yeah. then we come back and there's back another segment back from break yes. Hogan's grabbing three count asking where Eric Bischoff is and then <laughs> well actually, actually technically <laughs> is, Throw... it, is it two count because yeah. there's only two of them two count yeah. and he just, throw, he, he just throws him into a steel door like a used condom <laughs> again just little little moments just the obsessive part of me there's just this thing where like he, obviously he grabs two count and then throws him up against are, the are thing. you going to refer to the bit where Shane Helms is falling back in towards Hogan yes, yes you beautiful bastard right and it's just like Shannon Moore just falls onto the floor but Shane just does this kind of slightly more exaggerated bump but it still stays stopped and it still stays standing for a brief period of time longer than, than he's probably supposed to and you just see like Hogan catches it in his peripheral and just kind of looks back at him just thinking like was oh, oh, he making a fire is he coming back at me you know he just, he just, just genuine bit of worry from Hogan thinking he might have to drop the leg on him make sure he stays down <laughs> and Shivani uh, reinforces this again by telling us that Hulk Hogan's never been like this before <laughs> As he screams, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! I think he's used to handling the little things. That's how it's going. We now cut to a promo for Ready to Rumble, the screening of the show in Hollywood. We get a lot of great sound bites talking about the stars of WCW. Vampiro is there, and you just get a clip of him saying, I used to live on that street corner over there. <laughs> Where the big boys play! <laughs> Literally the street corner. Yeah. Sable's there, gets about two seconds of airtime. Um, they show some shit happening What's in the ring with no Sables context. Yeah, again, two second clip. Blink, you miss it. Nah, some shit's happening in the ring with Arquette, no context. He hits Jack with a guitar, and the clip ends. Tony Schiavone then. Ex- oh, little do you realise we're seeing the future right there. Exactly. Schiavone says that Jarrett <laughs> gate crashed uh, the premiere and then plugs that David Arquette will be on Thunder this week. Uh, David Arquette at this premiere apparently wearing Honky Tonk Man's leftover gear. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and he would wear the same pretty much as Slamboree as well in his uh, in his his, his championship defence. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry though, folks. We're back to the ring. It's match number three: Jeff Jarrett <laughs> versus Kurt Hennig. Uh, they brawl in the aisle to start, and Scott Hudson cuts in and says Hulk Hogan uh, has been notified that Eric Bischoff is in the skybox. <laughs> yeah, he says he's heard through the headset that someone has told Hogan that Bischoff's in a skybox so this is good this is good storytelling this is he's heard it through his headset that someone saw it all those fucking segments backstage of Hogan doing nothing apart from rampaging couldn't have him do it then no yeah. that's show you, you no. can have him grab someone and threaten someone yeah. and they have to give Rarely brother <laughs> <laughs> tell me all God this, damn it! Tell, Fuck that tell me all this blood's gonna Abdullah the butcher your ass. <laughs> what a pro though wearing the white t-shirt, you know, so yeah, the blood shows. I tell you what, that's class. I think when Hogan walked out the first time, he was pretty ace. The facials when he's like he's doing his like subtle, I'm, I'm a face bomb, I'm not a face. And well, I'm looking at the, the little looks he gives the crowd, like what's happening here, brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Some, something's going on. He, I something's thought, going on here, brother I, Jack, dude. I'm watching thinking, yeah, this guy's fantastic. What's going on, maniacs? <laughs> 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 it's a look. It's a, it's a look like them. the woods just confused. It's the wood. That's it. It's confused. Like he's even surprised. What are, the, what are these fans doing here? <laughs> is, is there a show on? Kurt yeah. Henning with a back suplex in the ring, uh, and then all of a sudden, and again, the recurring pattern, the creative genius of Vince Russo, once again at the three and a half minute mark, you can set your watch by it. Music oh, plays, God. and a new wrestler comes out. Shavon, he says every single match tonight. <laughs> Oh, it's wonderful. It's just great. 
Uh, it's a Mr. Perfect <laughs> rip-off music, uh, however. Oh, God. And Sean Stasiak walks out to no reaction, and, and Carl, I will let you say the line. And just to show how second-rate WCW <laughs> really is by this stage, Scott Hudson thinks it's a big deal to announce that was the guy who was meat in the WWF. Meat! <laughs> and, and then followed up with, we all heard what happened in New York. No! No, we didn't! Well, I was thinking, like, I, I, 9-11? I didn't hear anything about what happened in New York because I didn't know who the fuck this asshole was. <laughs> I don't know. when if, you, if, you, if a guy comes out and you start referring to meat, I start to get worried about what you're referring to because I didn't realise that, that, that this guy was his gimmick. It was just absolutely atrocious. The only thing that just made it even funnier, just the, the fact they referenced meat, is Stasiak comes out and then proceeds to do a Mr. Perfect impression <laughs> that only someone with fucking no I'm not even gonna go there I'm not even gonna go there it's just, it, just, it just goes out there spits the gum out and then has to kind of like lunge and fucking hit it like it's a badminton shot he like does that again he's just looking at Henning just looking at him like fucking hell it's like I can't even spit gum out <laughs> <laughs> and then he just pouts and puts his hands on his hips and say, was that good? Was that accurate? What more do you expect from the, from the mecca of manhood? <laughs> what a fucking loser. <laughs> The ref somehow gets bumped. Um, so it's actually from a back elbow somehow. Sean, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean Stasiak runs in and shoots Hennig off the ropes to pick him up in a fireman carry. He's trying to get him in a fireman carry. He can't hold him. He keeps slipping down his back. He's trying to hurt him up. He can't do it. And he just tosses him down and it just looks like shit. So, yeah. so Jeff Jarrett goes for the pin in what I can only assume was supposed to be the finish and Kurt Hennig refused to, to stay down and kept rolling her out of the way and yeah, has to have called an audible here yeah, and just said, up. shoot me off, give me the stroke. Yeah, stands up, whips him in, uh, takes a hard hard buckle shot, then it's a stroke, finish, no, no emphasis. Um, yeah, I got ref bump, shit move, audible, <laughs> and then we go to the back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I... Great way to showcase your number one contender. <laughs> now, the man who's going to carry your company, the chosen one, needs help from meat. But it was meat! <laughs> meat, Carl! And we all know what happened in New York. <laughs> what happened in New York? <laughs> I'm sure they'll elaborate on that for those of us that aren't familiar. You don't need to. Everyone knows what happened in New York. Will somebody please tell me! <laughs> Hogan's in. He was called Meat! <laughs> Hogan's in the skybox. This is hilarious. He finds a bunch of marks, it lasts five <laughs> seconds. But we are told that Hogan's never been like this before. <laughs> this is the thing, he walks in, he's got obviously the blood dripping down him, and he just goes into the skybox, and he grabs these fucking, like, these fans, and they just completely no sell it. He's just grabbing them, going, What's going on, brother? You know, he's just looking around, like, What's Kidman? Where's Kidman? And it's this fan's just looking up at him with this fucking smile on his face. He's got the look of, like, it's Hulk, it's Hulk Hogan. Holy shit, he's like not intimidated. He's bleeding on me. <laughs> he's like not intimidated by this rampaging Hogan <laughs> whatsoever. It's just, 
Oh, it's just these segments just get better and better with Hogan. We get a two-second shot of Ric Flair walking backstage. Striding. No, he, striding. He's not rampaging. He's not rampaging. No, no he's, he's still got a little bit of poise. I, I feel like these two should have been fitted with pedometers during the show. We could, yes. have, we could have had the clock alongside it each time oh, it cut to them. Number of steps covered since last I, I think we should have had like, screen screen in the corners. Or, or maybe <laughs> throughout the show, yeah. Or maybe see their ramp. Or instead of just showing one camera, show all four. Show four, at least four cameras at the same time in quarter. In yes. quarters. Imagine the storytelling you could do in that with that device. Amazing. Oh, don't even give them ideas. It's all right, <clears> you got man. We cut, to, we, we cut to Kevin Nash on the phone. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's he's deep in conversation, including the phrase. You're gonna be here? Well, get here if you can. <laughs> there you go. We're backstage with Sting and Gene Oakland. No time to digest, Carl. Sorry, you've gotta move on. There's too much going on here. <laughs> do, we, do we ever find out who, who that person was? Hey, that was he, yeah, he, he does. He does say. I think yeah, later on, or straight away after. Yeah, we got Sting with Gene, then we got Flair, but then straight away after that, that's when uh, I think it's uh, Hudson explains it must have been Hall. Oh, yeah, we'll come to that. Yeah, we'll yeah. come to that. Okay. Gene's backstage with Sting. He says little of note other than I am loyalty. I guess after Bishop would question his loyalty to the company, saying that he'd been here for years and years and years. Flair is out again. Uh, Tony Schiavone wonders if that was Scott Hall on the phone. Uh, Scott Hudson says, We know the real story. <laughs> I don't even know what they're referring to. Real now. story to what? Is he still Is this New York? He's still to New York. Yeah, maybe. Somebody tell me! Rick Flair. Oh, this is the Dylan line. I don't yeah. know who's still referencing. We actually should. We, this is the unsolved mystery. We should try and die, you know, come up with what this actually this mystery was at the end. Um, Rick Flair takes off his watch and puts it in the corner, and we get a long, lingering shot on the mm. gold watch. Uh, Tony Ooh, Schiavone. Foreshadowing. Tony Schiavone recalls when the Booker wanted to do Flair versus Douglas, and Flair would have none of it. That's wise. The Booker. Who? Who's the Booker? Booker T. I guess so. What did Booker T want to do them to? I don't have, man. I, have, I have no idea. Anyway. Um, Shane, the unemployed wrestler, gets his full entrance music for this show. Yeah. Match four, I don't know if it's actually an official match. Flair rips his shirt off and throws chops to the t shirted uh, chest of Shane Douglas. Shane sells it like a trooper, though. He does. Oh, Shane, that was great. Chops penetrating the, uh, Shane, the fabric. Shane was working hard here. He really was trying to impress. God bless him. Uh, this is probably the hardest I, I, I did see him work for about this five year duration actually now that I really think about it uh, they brawl around ringside but Vince Russo walks out with a baseball bat oh, and nails Ric Flair there's a referee in the ring I don't know what we need one for this is just a brawl this is the new WCW this is how we settle our scores well, I'm glad we do because it was a match <laughs> yeah. yeah but just out of curiosity Kieran did you have a count for the number of times they referenced this is the new WCW um, I lost count of that one yeah I actually would like to know if it was mentioned more or less than the references to the WWF. Oh, WWF, easily more. Yeah? Definitely. Answers on a postcard, listeners. Indeed. So, Russo hits Flair with a baseball bat. The bell rings, disqualification, we can only assume. Douglas hits... Oh, sorry, after two blows. After two blows. After yeah. two blows. And it, it's a DQ to end a brawl that wasn't a match. Maybe yeah. Match. So, so that they, they would... Well, there's a ref there, so... But, but why is Shane it a ref there? Shane Douglas is unemployed. But it's still a match. But, uh, the referee might have been there for Flair's protection because he's wrestling someone no, who's uh, un- un- unsanctioned. He gave them a five count on the ropes. You get five count on the ropes in a brawl, but you can do low blows. And there's a disqualification finish. And there was a DQ, yeah, so. Douglas hits and chokes Flair with a bat. Russo stands over Ric Flair and in a five second clip that I think perfectly sums up the death of WCW, yeah. starts to crotch chop the downtrodden 
franchise of, of, of WCW does, Ric does Flair. That, does that count as a WWF reference? Crotch chop. You may not have said WWF, but... Uh, Russo then grabs Flair's Rolex and then crotch chops again and again, gets outside on the floor... God, he's worse than Tyson. ...and does it again. How cool is this guy? Nash is backstage and he's walking. Nash is out, he's limping on crutches. Uh, uh, if we went to quad box, oh. if we went to quad box, that's... Oh no 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 no, because cause Flair's down now. So now we're back to two still. You missed, sorry, Carl. No no, I'm, I was just thinking that's three people walking now. But obviously that, <laughs> Flair's, Flair's down, so we're back to two. We can we can only cover two. Yeah. The, um, you forgot that the during this heinous beatdown and crotch chop fest, the ring bell rings incessantly because it's such a high tension uh, situation. Obviously, no, to stop this shit. Yeah. Shane Douglas, man. man big, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> A big deal, man. <laughs> what the cracker him, factory? It, him, him, and Meat—they're the, they're the big, uh, they're the big reveals of the this. Dean and Meat. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Nash is limping out on his crutches, and Scott Hudson comes out with, "Let's not forget, this man was part of the Click, one of the most notorious groups running roughshod backstage in pro wrestling dressing rooms. It could be anybody who was on the phone." He's retract- retracted his previous statement. Yeah. <laughs> Very sort of had it through an advert break. Yeah, it could be anybody in the world because he was part of the click, whatever that is, to us folks at home. We don't need to explain what the click is because everybody knows. One of the most notorious backstage groups. What more do you need to know, Carl? Yeah. He did get a very good reaction, though, Big Kev. Oh, he, yeah, he, always, he always does. Admittedly, I was watching it again on the um, network, so it, I'm guessing most of the music wasn't the original music. No, it was the Wolfpack song that came out. Uh, no, no, that one. That's what I get to, but yeah, that was like. The uh, yeah, the Wolfpack theme was by far the best theme on that yeah. series. Cool. Hey, he looks cool. Cool as fuck. Uh, and, no, and with his noticeable limp, working harder than he had in months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Ash says that uh, there are a couple of jack-offs in the back who... Jack-off! Yeah, he loves saying that's his favourite word in this promo. Twice, twice, yeah. Yeah. He says they're hitting inside who to make and who to break. These guys have decided they're going to play wrestler and attack the boys. It takes him one minute to mention Scott Hall. Um... <laughs> Says and his sobriety. Yeah, he says that he's lost a lot of brain cells. Although this has absolutely nothing to do with anything. And says, "What happens? That, what happens to that sweet little wrestling show we were doing every Monday? Where is the dog when you need him?" Who was the dog? The dog was Al Green, I believe, in a very short-lived yeah. stable with Brian Nobbs and Fit Finley, all oh, wearing. Oh God! You remember Carl? Oh, no. Remember Carl? Remember the segment they he found to, him drinking he, out the toilet? And he used to froth at the mouth. Oh, sweet Jesus! This was this was one of the Kevin Sullivan ideas from so, February and March. Oh, no. His name was the dog. He acted. He was a grown man acting like a dog. So why no. why did he mention? Uh... Funnily enough, when he mentions the dog, some of the fans bark. <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought he meant Steiner. Yeah. I just got off the phone with Scott Hall, he said. <laughs> Scott straight, sober, and in a bad mood. <laughs> because he's sober. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad he cleared up his sexual preference, though, because that, <laughs> that was ambiguous for years. Yeah. He says that uh, Russo and Bischoff wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Nash and Hall. Oh, wow. Oh, and oh, then Nash oh. says... Things are going to... You know, the first cut's the deepest. This oh, cut's yeah. right to the bone. Come on, Liam. Let's hear it. When you were in the WWF... Ding! <laughs> We saved you from being decapitated by Shawn Michaels on numerous occasions. Who knew, who knew that Shawn Michaels was so upset with Vic Venom <laughs> and the WWF magazine? Well, I, I read that magazine and you fucking should be. <laughs> After mentioning Shawn Michaels, Tony Schiavone says, Wow! Shawn Michaels! <laughs> so did I. Is Shawn going to be here? No. <laughs> Easy E, if not for the outsiders, there would be no NWO, and you'd be still bringing Vern Gagne his coffee in Minneapolis. In which case, Tony Giovanni says, Oh, we're shooting here! Yeah. 
could it be which, more lame? To which most of that audience ask, <laughs> oh, God, who is, <laughs> who's, who's Vern Yeah. <laughs> What's Minnesota got to do with anything? When's Shawn Michaels coming out? <laughs> <laughs> when's Shawn Michaels coming out? Is someone bringing you coffee? <laughs> Where's Scott Hall? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, Nash, Nash calls out Russo and Bishop and says, Bring your chair, bring your mat, but most of all, bring your balls! <laughs> <laughs> so he waits in the ring, he, he looks at the oh. camera, does a little shake of the head because he's so fucking cool. Like, yeah, that's a cool thing to say. Yeah, and then, from behind, <laughs> in a fucking bum bag, it might have been Kevin Nash's bum bag, I don't know. Hold on. It's Mike Awesome. Uh, for some reason, it dawned on me here, while, while this beatdown is going on, there's fucking disco lights flashing around the crowd. I don't know if anybody noticed that. Yeah. They kept the, the fucking these disco lights bobbing around well, the fans. Well, he is 70s guy. <laughs> yeah. mm, good point, actually. Didn't think about that. Tony Schiavone mentions that's the ECW champion. Scott Hudson says, doesn't he have some sort of title defence? Some kind of match or something, yeah. Some kind of match or something? Why is he surprised that random people are just turning up to work on the show? He's already seen Shane Douglas. Exactly, nothing new here. Yeah. And why does he give a shit if he's got a title defence in ECW? Oh, they were being sued, Carl. <laughs> Perfect time for this quote by Shivani. What next? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Awesome then does a promo. Uh, oh! oh. <laughs> Actually, before he does the promo, the promo, he gives the fan a thing and says, up yours. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, but the promo is awful. It's just—it's one line, but it's so badly delivered. When I heard Russo and Bischoff were back in the saddle, it was too sweet to pass up. <laughs> you gave that way—you you performed that got, way better than he actually did. He's got—he <laughs> was nowhere near that animated. He just has to utter one line. It's right a, here, baby. It's such a short line that it seems almost impossible to screw it up. But no. <laughs> Mikey boy does it. <laughs> I I just I just love the uh, the two thousand fashion as you already mentioned oh, God, of, good of, grief. Of, of like the, do, the of Doc right. Martens, Doc Martens, <laughs> right? Then kind of like faded blue jeans tucked into the Doc Martens, open shirt, his kind of bordering on you know perm haircut, and it's then a, a mullet, a mullet. A, a mullet, but it's way too flowy for a mullet, and then no, a fucking no, fanny no, pack as well, <laughs> it's a fanny pack it's as well. It's a typical mullet. Here we go, fanny pack and mullet, quote, in my book. Mullet. <laughs> Could there be anything more 80s wrestler defining than this? Zubas. <laughs> Zubas would have actually made this With awesome. Fanny pack would have yeah. Yeah. This next segment now. If we're gonna get, if we're on it, the Hogan one. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking amazing. Hogan's this the, is the funniest thing of all time, possibly. Hogan's in the limousine. He's on the phone and he's screaming. I don't care how much money it takes. I want you to get my attorney on it. It's a sex tape. I'm telling you, it makes <laughs> sense. Think about it. Billy Gibbon, that piece of shit. And then he says, which backs it up even more. Eric Bischoff, I'm gonna eat his ass. <laughs> get it done. <laughs> I'm gonna eat his ass alive. This is he's sitting in his car, back yeah. seat of his car, with the door open. At this point, get that goddamn camera! At this out point, of here. he turns around to the camera, one inch away from his face, and realizes it's there. Look shocked, like oh bat, damn it! I wish no one heard that. Get out of his face! Get out of my face, brother! Yeah. At which point, true comedy ensues, and it's like watching Family Guy, Peter Griffin, and the Chicken when the White Hummer returns. <laughs> the White yeah. yeah. crowd yeah. laugh. Yeah, I know. With Bischoff screaming, "It's the White Hummer from last summer." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 
even better, even better. After he says the white hover from last summer's back, and Bischoff gets out. Bischoff, Shivani screams, I should have known! Oh, I should have known! <laughs> even Hudson implies that it was a running joke last yeah, summer. Yeah. Shivani, I should have known that all along! I was hoping it was a robot transformer. <laughs> the Turnatron? Yeah, well, it. it was another yeah another, another uh, transformer. It was yeah the Tenetron was his the White Hammer's tag team partner. I see. Um, if, if there was a more fitting explanation of, of who the star was here, Kidman's riding shotgun in the helmet while Bischoff drives just in a, a really... child seat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah he has a good license. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Scott Hudson, who was driving the helmet? It almost became a cliche, but it's not funny anymore. <laughs> it wasn't funny then. <laughs> we disagree. We disagree around this table. Uh, the medics cut off Hulk Hogan and uh, Billy Kidman and Eric Bischoff spray paint NB in red paint I wonder on what him. that could mean oh. did the NB the stand for noticeable blading <laughs> the medical nice job. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the medical staff just allow it to happen yeah. and, and then strap him in afterwards and security are nowhere to be seen Yeah. why would they it's still busy with Tank Abbott I tell you now uh, this is where we get told that uh, the show's going long, so we might go half an hour extra. In which case, my, my heart dropped to somewhere near my balls. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I paused and checked. It didn't actually go another extra. Oh, no, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. No, I, didn't no, no, I, I kept a, a firm eye on that, uh, <laughs> on on that timer. There's no bit better not go over. <laughs> we get now to the fifth match. Diamond Dallas Pages out, and he comes out with full music and full pyro that they didn't give him at the start of the show. Well, no, that's weird. Now, you see, you, you, you explained it before, but it, it just seems so inconsistent. Well, you don't want to shit on your talent. This is to get to the final of the tournament, after all, Chase. But they, but they don't want. They don't like the Millionaires Club. They, why, why did they cut his music off at the beginning, but not now? Uh, hang on. They realised that they didn't actually book hang any of their own wrestlers on the show, so they might as well use the pyro since they've already put it there. That's hang, all I can think of. Are they? Are they named them? No, not yet. No, they haven't named them yet. Yeah, they still haven't named the so old man still, group. So okay, so it's still the old man. Well, the old man group is still DDP. But like, uh, they had a change of heart. They realised that his music's quite catchy, and they decided. To you know play what? I actually want to hear that tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to hear the tune or something, or maybe, or maybe they felt bad. Maybe they, they thought. Maybe they thought like when he did it before, it was too unprofessional of him, too much for them. You know, they they've already kind of jabbed and shot at him. You know, there's no point pissing on the corpse afterwards. So it's just they thought, yeah. no, we let him play his yeah, music out because God knows. When letting someone who's not, in theory, employed by the co company attack one of your wrestlers, mm. driving a Hummer into a limousine, in theory, crushing someone, you know, cutting the music's just a step too far. You can only go so far. Yeah. Bad taste. You can only push so many buttons. Mm. No class. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Sting comes out. <laughs> and then Jeff Jarrett also comes out to do commentary. To his music. To his music. But the commentators say, well, they've come out in every other match tonight, but at least they're coming out at the start this time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait three minutes thirty seconds. No, uh, they block each other's finishes early on. It's uh, it's explained one more time. Actually, all the titles are on the line on Sunday at Spring Stampede. The matches for the belts? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Well, no one else has been mentioned on the show, so why would they? We know. No, no idea. Jarrett goes uh, off commentary after about a minute to go and harass Kim. DDP punches Jarrett. 
Vampiro hits the ring and lays out Sting, at which point Scott Vincent screams. With the worst, shittiest Michinoku driver you will ever see in your uh, life. That's that, I, I'm not accepting you using that term. It's a body slam. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on a sec. So, so Vampiro turned on Sting? Yes. But weren't they the brothers in paint? They were the brothers in paint. That's absolutely shocking. I don't know what's even more shocking now. Is it Shane Douglas? Is it the return of meat? Is it the fucking or, or, or franchise? Is, is it the fucking franchise? Or is it Vampiro well, turned on Mike Sting? Mike Awesome. Mike, oh, fucking hell, the fanny pack might have it. This man, this is just, this is just fucking moments galore. This is. This is, is Rick Flair like, still walking? Wow. Can someone give an update? This is like a WrestleMania 15. <laughs> this is absolutely outstanding. So anyway, and I'm, and I'm glad all that talent was flown in to start the show to then not be used. Yeah, to stand there. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Uh, oh fuck! Already said that. So Vampiro lays out Sting. Uh, the diamond cutter is then used on Sting and he wins the match in less than four minutes uh, Jeff Jarrett comes in he goes to hit DDP with a guitar but DDP ducks and Kimberly gets hit with a guitar and laid out yeah she, like as, as DDP ducks <laughs> down before DDP has even ducked down before they've even actually done the whole motion of acknowledging that Jeff has a guitar and he's going to hit it with it she's already putting her hands to her face and ducking over down over eyes like, yeah. over eyes looks like, ahead uh, no, yeah. no 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 and, no, and no, kind no, like cradles I'm, I'm not going to allow you to cast dispersions on the lovely Kimberly here that balsa wood can be very sharp and cause many splinters imagine getting one of those in your eye and obviously when we come to the pay per view it was all a work it oh. was a swerve bro Probably, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a one big giant swerve. Okay. Yeah. However, you say that about the Bolswood car, but remember that what happened at Halloween Havoc when Lex Luger hit Buff Bagwell with that guitar? Yeah, and maybe she'd seen that, and she was taking preventative action, unlike at the Gold Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's okay, like that. Okay, she, she did it. She did it once. Obviously, she's not the type of performer that would actually just take that shot for genuine. So I don't blame her for covering up, but I do blame the fact that they instantly go to the replay to show the same shot again of her covering herself up so in slow mo. In slow mo. Yeah. So you can just say, ah, oh, so she's actually fine. She covered herself up. So she's got, she's just making a bit of an issue out she's of it. On top of it, actually, yeah, because yeah. really fucking air. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're backstage with Russo, Bishop, and Jeff Jarrett. Who are singing the Gremlin song? Do you hear what I hear? Yeah. First of all, J- uh, Didini carries off his missus. Yes. Before commercial, we come back. No, show it shows. Come back from commercial. It shows a replay of the guitar shot. Then it shows a replay of Paige during commercial carrying off Kim. Straight away from after that, backstage it's Russo and Bischoff laughing and telling Jarrett to get out there. Your music, yeah, and his music's playing again. Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> they all sing. So he goes out again. Gets pyro. <laughs> yeah. Bear in mind, this is two minutes after the previous segment he was in. Yeah, almost trips on the mats on the way to the ring. Why not? <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett does a great promo here. <laughs> in six days, he talks about finding out who's got all the stroke. Jeff Jarrett says DDP can bring Kim because there will be a real man in the ring who can give us some more wood. <laughs> that line Hollywood. <laughs> I actually thought, that's the sexy of this, I actually thought I'd skipped on to the next week or that I'd watched the wrong week and the segment when she got hit with the chair, yeah. uh, sorry, the, the guitar, was a highlight. That's what, yeah. This happened so fast. Yeah. Like, Jarrett's back out. No, Paige comes back out. I can see how you were easily confused by that. Yeah, yeah. D- yeah. DDP's music hits. He comes back out. Yeah, his music hits. And Jeff, he just kicks Jarrett's ass. So th- there's your big heated revenge that we were going to wait to fucking pay to see on Sunday. They gave it away 30 to 40 to 50 seconds after the guitar shot. He just comes out and he's beating up Jeff Jarrett. And it ends. No, oh, Scott Steiner comes out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to make it two on one Lex Luger comes out then Buff comes out then Vampiro and the Wall come out then Sting comes out and goes crazy Booker T's there and he starts laying out the babyface uh, old man team 
Uh, you, you'd actually tell me for a moment, Kira, you generally thought this show was going to end with the first ever confrontation that doesn't have a run in. <laughs> yeah. Good point. The cat runs in and attacks Sting. The fans are still chanting Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get him. The new blood is in the ring kicking everybody's ass. Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff come out at the top of the ramp and shake hands. When who comes from behind <laughs> them in the smoke? It's Bret Hart. Who's... <laughs> With his arms folded, looking at both of them with the same expression that I was looking at the TV screen with at this point in time, and Tony Schiavone screams, Oh my god, it's Bret Hart! And then it ended. Ends. <laughs> yeah, just to explain, they, they did actually already announce, at this point they have announced uh, that with this crazy brawl going on, it's the New Blood versus the Millionaires Club! Because obviously they got That's to the name. But they actually announced the name probably about half an hour earlier, where Schiavone explains uh, that. Uh, Bischoff and Russo were overheard backstage calling the old guys the Millionaires Club. So that's their name. They don't <laughs> form, they don't join, they spend the night nutshotting each other and trying to go for the world title, but they're just, you know, because they're, they're a collective, yeah. they're actually a club now. That's not the kind of club I've first. <laughs> that's not the kind of club you're yeah, 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 exactly. The, the first rule of uh, the Millionaires Club is <laughs> <laughs> you don't talk about Millionaires Club, second rule of Millionaires Club. Hit each other in the nuts. Hit each other in the balls. So the show has abruptly ended with the disappointed face of Bret Hart, who can't wrestle. <laughs> and don't forget, folks, tune in in six days to the great pay-per-view where the only match you know is DDP versus Jarrett. Oh. The belts are vacant. That's, it's going to be a stampede. <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. So, gentlemen, this has been an epic encounter talking about this show. Quick thoughts around the table for match of the night and promo of the night. <laughs> <laughs> um, Come on, quickly, downtime to think. Um, you go, Kira. Promo. I'm going blank. Bret <laughs> yeah, Hart's promo is the best. Um, Flair, I guess, for promo uh, match. There, there, there were matches. Um, uh, ooh, ooh. A flair in the French fries. There you go. I'll give it to Flair. I'll give the night to Flair. I thought the, pr- the Flair promo was fucking horrible. <laughs> they what? were all fucking horrible. I'm grading on a curve. Yeah. Is this the one at the, the start, the first one he mentions Elway? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's spitting, stammering, he yeah. bites his tongue, he can't understand okay. the fucking yeah. word he's saying. It's terrible. Well, oh, compare it with Goofy Teeth Scott Steiner, yeah. son yeah. of a bitch Hulk Hogan. Where's my scissors, bitch? Where's my Where's scissors, bitch? Okay, yeah, yeah. Old yeah. boys club Vince Russo. <laughs> you know, where where do you put, what, who do you point to here? This is I, just I, too I, sweet I, not to come back. And coffee I, in Minnesota. <laughs> I think I the th- sequel, the lesser-known sequel to Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think, um, I th- yeah, I think I think you are in the match. It's, 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 a, it's a tough one, but I think, yeah, I think Flair franchise at least. Meg yeah, Ryan's career had really think, hit the skids. At, at least fra- uh, for the franchise, as you said, was just trying, I guess. Um, Promo-wise, I don't know. I might actually, in a weird turn of events, just give it to Kidman. I think for the, I'm funny, like, lines. For the funny lines and then uh, the, the assist by uh, by uh, Hudson. But it's being <laughs> like, delivered by someone who sounds memo. like a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> I know, but I just I, everything else is like obviously obviously but the Kidman one was bad as well. But everything was so bad. Like even if you try and think, well, that was amusing, but the rest of it was shit. I don't know. The, the Kidman Hogan conversation like had like some moments of you like know what? Oh, it's, it's passable to everything else. I'll give it to the announcers. For just yeah. trying to keep Try. track of this shit <laughs> and where they were. That was good. <laughs> That's it. You, you get the feeling that when they're screaming things like 
what's next and, and uh, what, what was it's the, only what, segment two wow. and, and, and there's a, a train wreck you know, in every segment you get the feeling th- these aren't calls they're making on commentary they're cries for help <laughs> <laughs> just to get to some of the, uh, the, the comments that uh, you left us on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash SCG radio here uh, Daniel Watkins said I'm watching it for the first time tonight because of this show my first oh, thought was why, was why the new blood included a nasty boy in Virgil <laughs> My second thought was that there was a lot of stuff about the WWF and not a lot about themselves. Uh, my third is that if there w- this was a reset button, they certainly were still featuring Hulk Hogan a lot. I stopped when Scott Steiner put his fake teeth in, but will summon the courage to watch the rest before I listen to SCG. Uh, Matt Applin says, Hi guys, I would consider this week's show cruel and unusual punishment for anyone. Uh, when the topic was announced, I found myself reaching into the darkest outer reaches of my mind. Uh, you know the same place where the memory of walking in on your parents is stored? I had vague recollections of this episode of Nitro, and thanks to the advent of the network, I was able to watch it all over again. This refreshed a lot of suppressed teenage trauma. 16-year-old me loved this Nitro because, well, I was 16, even Limp Biscuit was cool. The image of all the young, held-back talent of WCW and Scott Steiner, go figure, standing in the ring, then out comes Jeff Jarrett, dressed in his best black jeans and burnt orange sleeveless dress shirts, looking like he'd just left the Blue Oyster Bar stands for. <laughs> then he introduces Russo. Hey, it's the guy from Raw Magazine. He starts spewing some nonsense that I have no idea about, but hey, wrestling, yay. Then the return of Eze himself, Bischoff and Russo embrace, and go on a mindless rant. Bischoff insults Hogan, fair enough, then Hogan opens his mouth. Wait a minute, shut your whole mouth, how dare you talk ill of Ric Flair, how very dare you. My 32-year-old self cringed as I watched the most unnecessary reset in history take place. The signs of their demise were clearly evident. The grasping at straws angle that took place, at first it had a glimmer of potential, then death. I mean, come on, who buys Scott Steiner as young and held back? Daniel Watkins also says, I've watched the second half of the show now, lads. Some thoughts. <laughs> Shane Douglas, ha ha ha, attacks Ric Flair from behind. Flair doesn't see it coming, except he does. They show a replay of Douglas sneaking up behind him, and Rick's staring at the massive screen that's showing Douglas sneaking up behind him. <laughs> is, this, is that live? Or? Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. So at the start, Bischoff was having a go at Sting for going to the Hollywood premieres. So naturally later, they do a segment where half of the roster is at the Hollywood premiere and tell us what a great time they all had. Uh, three, they really mentioned the WWF a lot. Like, a lot. If you need to bring up Sean Stasiak's stint as meat to try and give him credibility, you're in trouble. And finally, wait, the new blood are the bad guys? So yeah, good stuff here. Neil Robinson on the Facebook page also says, My first reaction looking back at that picture of the opening promo is, Did they all get dressed in the dark? <laughs> Booker yeah, with Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Booker looks like he's going to a funeral, which considering what's happening to his career shortly afterwards, is quite apt. And what the hell is Jeff Jarrett wearing? Collared shirt with the sleeves cut off? <laughs> I'm surprised Brian Adams didn't cut the sleeves off his god-awful shirt either. Maybe Sid took the scissors off him. I said, maybe Sid took the scissors <laughs> off him. Then, then looking at the matches that night, why was Kurt Hennig in the semi-finals of a world title tournament? But the actual highlight of the show was the birth of Stone Cold Terry Bollea, my favourite incarnation of the Hulkster, F-U-N-B. And uh, finally, Michael Ops on the, uh, just sums the whole thing up and just says, uh, look at that collection of J-Brones in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so, very good stuff here, gentlemen. A lot of fun recapping this show. Scores out of 10. And final thoughts, please. For, for what? For the show. Is this the new thing we're going to do? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. For any, like what, how Russo on the is. Russo scale. Do you... Th- I mean, you, can, you can use whatever scale you want, honestly, but... Uh, yeah. Final scores. Right. 
Well, it's only fair, I think... How many swerves out of ten? I swear. <laughs> um, I think, okay, so this is a standalone show. It's been a restart, so I think it needs to be graded in terms of a restart show. Um, you know, and taking that into mind, um, I'll, I'll give it a one, and that is the bottom of my scale. My, <laughs> my scale doesn't... No, it doesn't go to zero. Um, in terms of swerves, it'll get worse. In terms of contradictory storylines it'll get worse but the fact you can it, it, uh, I haven't got time to go into why I think this is such a bad show it's pretty fucking bad though <laughs> I'll give it a 2 just because it could have been worse okay. but that's the very best score Vince Russo will ever get G <laughs> um, I, I don't know how, how to kind of grade this but like just I just remember watching it at the time and just being just just confused by most of it like all references um, I did not know who the fuck Sean Stajak was or Mike Awesome. He's me. And um, and and did happen in New York. And 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 I did know who Shane Douglas was, but I didn't care. And um, and and just watching the show, and just I'm like, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't pick up on it at the time. I just, I just remember it being like absolutely shit. But watching it again, it was just as you kind of mentioned um, before that the only, the only people on the heel side of things that was put over was Bischoff and Russo like every single act of violence was done by them so like it wasn't it wasn't Shane that did, uh, it wasn't like uh, Shane that did the damage to Flair it was Russo it wasn't uh, Billy Kidman that drove the Hummer it was Bischoff it was always these guys it wasn't any of the talent so it's just like so just this inflated egos of like not only did did none of the uh, Millionaires Club go over on this show at all really um, but neither did any of the new blood either. They were completely basic. Jarrett, Jarrett's the only one. You know, Kid, Kidman and Shane are just like you know, like like little pets next to them, and everyone else was just in an opening segment and then quickly forgotten. Or we just got a bunch of freaking idiots debuting on the show. I think this is right up there or down there, however you want to kind of judge this in terms of like down Russo, Russo <laughs> down there, uh, Russo-rific. This this is one of the the key pieces of evidence as I, as I said to you before we did the podcast there's, there's no other piece of evidence I can think of right now to state that we are not doing a trial for this guy because he's already in SCG prison because this show Good has luck. nothing redeemable about it besides the few funny comments that Hudson manages to squirt out uh, all over the show the rest of it is just atrocious there's, like we have to, there's only one match in the whole like first hour of the show there's only five matches in total which probably equal 15 minutes of action like they all end at the same 3 minute 25 second I, mark I object to the use of the word action action <laughs> total non-stop action is that, does that help <laughs> but um, you know they all end at the same mark every match gets interrupted every promo gets interrupted everything gets interrupted luckily I haven't been interrupted yet <laughs> but this show how we want to do it if you say how good this show is it's we're going into the minuses okay we're, we're going into an Antarctic coldness of how bad this show is but in terms of classic Russo I'd probably say this is like a 9 out of 10 in terms of classic shit there's no way I can't go that because this is because this is a clean slate for him first of all yeah, okay I didn't watch the week before so I have no idea what he's contradicting and how this stuff makes no sense fine if you, this is your starting point from watching WCW you're still really fucking confused and you probably don't care about any of the guys because the fans didn't care the only, the only guy the fans cared about was Goldberg who wasn't on the show the 
the the, the no heel face who's who and this fucking mess that's going on just completely killed any any interest anyway which is impossible to follow because it's it's nonsensical and illogical bullshit but he doesn't contradict himself in in stories so much as he will do because this is his first show so the fun really comes next week it's it's just the idea well he does it ever yeah Yeah, it's just the idea of you know they they, want to put like this like in reality like they want to put over the new blood right they're saying like okay so it's going to be a new beginning we're going to put over these young guys right but the key key thing anyone that knows how to book right is that in order to get the new guys over they have to work with the old guys right so that when they beat the old guys it means something they don't do that they immediately in the very first segment bury every single one of the old guys well, except Luger because no one cares and and they just bury them straight away so it's like so yeah well done assholes so after you just bury DDP saying he only has like seven fans in his trailer park and like oh you made Sting even though all I remember is those moments where like you know his, his championship run was fucking like uh, you know second tier to Hogan and you know it goes oh you know where's your scissors Sid you know he's mentioned all these fucking comments you're burying the talent that you're supposedly want to use to put over your new guys because your new guys aren't over whatsoever because they're wearing earrings or fanny packs, right? They're dressed as women, right? And it's just like it's just absolutely ridiculous. So this this gets to me. This like this whole notion that they're burying the talent. This is the only talent that's actually drawn any money for the company when it has had it, right? Whether it's like diminished or not. And you're burying them in the very first segment of the show, and you have nothing as fucking backup because the only person that was fucking over, as everyone's already mentioned, isn't fucking there. He's in the dark match. I hope he wasn't wearing a fanny pack. Might be next to Bret Hart actually. You just didn't see him. I've, I've got. I want to give the final word to you here, no, Carl. Come on. But is it even much of a burial in the sense of the things that they are supposedly burying them with? The audience don't understand, and if they do understand, they don't care. It doesn't even make sense as a natural burial on the scale of one to ten for a, for a Russo show. There isn't a statistically a number in existence low enough for me to grade this. <laughs> um, not a fan. Well, no, not a fan. I've 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 often made the remark about things sinking lower than sinking about as low as whale shit or lower mm-hmm. than whale shit. It's it's right down there somewhere. If someone can put a number on that, you know, by all means, please do. I'm struggling to comprehend it. I just sorry to interrupt you, Carl. And it, um, I think we've we've resowed the audience here. Are we scoring high or low for, for the, what's good and what's bad, high or low? It's resowed. It doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. Cool. So it's like an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? The points don't matter. The score. The points don't matter, just like the storytelling doesn't matter. And the match results don't matter. 27. (laughs) Exactly. It's all nonsensical. Nothing is clear. It's it's a Russo wet dream in front of the camera. And that means it's a nightmare for everybody else. (laughs) I will score this 2 out of 10 as well. Uh, just because I've seen next week's episode of Nitro and it's it's far worse and it gets worse and it's like I I, I need to have we, again we're grading on a scale here this is an, I do think this is it's a very bad show of course it's a bad show you just heard us talk about it for two hours but uh, yeah promo of the night I don't know match of the night I I, I think Shane and then uh, and Flair is the only thing even yeah. remotely resembling two people trying. So. to have a pro wrestling feud yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so that, that, that would take it but uh, other than that I mean it's just you watch this show and it's like it took like four and a half hours to watch this show with with like taking notes at the same time it is, mm-hmm. it's so hard to get through and to finish yeah. that I, I can't see anything other than an exceptionally yeah. low score and, 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 finishing as well. and, and bearing in mind all the, the complete clusterfuck and all the sort of the fast cuts throughout the shots do we get a number on segments 
Oh God, no! Oh. I mean, sweet Jesus! How many different things out to film? Oh Christ Almighty! I mean, if you just counted the number of times they cut to someone walking and rampaging backstage, that's probably ten segments right there. And I'm probably be- <laughs> and I'm probably being conservative in that regard. They would have been one up because at least on two occasions, it probably around uh, half an hour mark on each show. No more. more no. Well, you've got the Hogan Four rampage. They, they do. They've got Flair walking around. You've got Flair's entrance to the building late. Hogan's entrance to the building late. Nash's entrance to the building late. <laughs> Kidman as well. Yeah. I wish I'd switched the show on late. <laughs> <laughs> he does this because Vincent Russo does this thing, doesn't he? Where he pinches and like in hour one and two where you have like four very quick scenes five seconds each back to back one arriving someone, or doing something anyway so yeah. he does it to try and pick up the speed in between segments but it's like the commentary is constantly trying to recap the bullshit or explain the bullshit that they haven't bothered to explain with no emphasis put on his point so they're trying to do it so the whole show is manic the whole time for the viewer and you really notice this when you're trying to make notes because it's when you're making notes you're kind of you're yeah. analysing what is the me- what is the story that they're projecting to, to their audience because this you know you, you're you're consciously breaking down the the subconscious that they're trying to give to you and, and when you, you do that and you don't know if you've missed anything yeah. in the process of you making the notes it's so much and most of it's fucking explained through commentary because his storytelling is so poor for a guy who bangs on about his storytelling so much he knows an awful he has such a, a void of knowledge on how to tell a story or put emphasis on on story points. And falls back on G unit as a film which is guy. He relies on dialogue through the announcers. It's fucking atrocious. It, the fundamentals of storytelling. The guy doesn't know, and he can't do it. He doesn't know the fundamentals of storytelling, even though that's what he bangs on about. He doesn't know the story. He doesn't know the fundamentals of pro wrestling, which he bangs on about. The guy is a fucking clown, and I'd, I'd just love to punch him in the face. In fact, if I meet someone in Orlando who comes up to us and tries to big up and back Vince Russo, I'm gonna fucking knock him out. <laughs> So with that said, we are unfortunately out of time. However, if you did like this concept, if you did like the review, please, loyal listeners, send us your suggestions for other episodes of Vince Russo written television that you would like us to discuss around this oaken table the way that we did with uh, April 10th, 2000 today. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back with a very feedback-heavy show uh, next week, so look out for the question on the forums on, uh, on Monday afternoon. And of course, don't forget, folks, in two weeks we will be talking about the death of TNA. So with that said, I want to thank everybody one more time for listening. For G. John Chase. You've been franchised. <laughs> Four, Old Man Jones. Somebody please tell me what happened in New York. And for Kieran O'Rourke. What happened Start in New York stays in New York, Carl. I am Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here. Talk to you next week. I'm today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through the very heart of it, New York.